Hi guys, Paul here with the Cold Open. You might notice that the sound quality is a little different on this episode. Uh, this is because at the time of recording, we are still going through the 2020 coronavirus pandemic, and it's affecting a lot of stuff. It means that we can't safely invite people into the studio to record together in person. That would be highly irresponsible, and we don't want to do it. So uh, instead, we are having to find some alternative ways to do stuff, and it the, the audio is going to be a little different for a while. I'm sorry about that. Uh, we're going to fix it as soon as it's safe to do so, and uh, we appreciate you bearing with us. Anyway, on with the episode. Hello and welcome to One for Paul, the show where I, a non-pop culturist, get inducted into the world of pop culture by friends, co-workers, and nemeses. Joining me today is my nemesis. <laughs> this is the part where you introduce yourself, Dan. <laughs> Sorry, I just got thrown off by you calling me your nemesis. Hello, I'm Dan Chapman. Some of you might recognize my voice from crazily ranting in the street, and I've known Paul for a good length of time. Yeah. And I, I love him dearly, even though he has, as he's already stated, little to no pop culture knowledge, which isn't his own fault. And through this whole education process, hopefully we'll get him to be one of us super nerds. Pop culture is what happens when you explode culture, right? It goes... Yeah. It goes pop, yeah. It goes pop. If you leave it in the microwave for about two minutes, make sure that you leave the uh, the, the plate on one side only. That should make it pop a lot. Oh, wait, no, hang on. Sorry, that's popcorn. But no, yeah, pop culture. It's what we live and breathe. And and I love daily, absolutely daily. So you had me watch a movie that you... So we're we're watching... What are we watching? We're watching uh, Top Gun, one of Tony Scott's phenomenal... It is a quintessential 80s film. From from the music, the 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 the, the dressing, the uniforms, the costume, the the action, everything it is a slice a, a slice of the eighties. That's right. Welcome to Prop Gun, the story of a Hollywood prop maker <laughs> struggling to make it big. Uh, yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, welcome to Crop Gun, the story of a wacky inventor who finally invented something useful, the Crop Gun, which promises to speed up planting by 6%. But can he get it to market before Big Farm uh, steals his ideas? <laughs> now that, that is the movie I want to watch as well now. Yes. <laughs> That's fantastic. If you design t-shirts, uh, I'll have a t-shirt. Oh, yeah, I'll have a t-shirt. Yeah, prop. I, I want crop gun. So shall, no, let, let's start with our normal, uh, like, is this a movie that you think everyone should have seen and that's why you're shocked that I hadn't seen it? Or is this one of these, well, no, Paul, this is exactly your movie? Well, it's kind of weird because I, for years, had never really seen it. I knew of it and obviously parodies and whatnot but it's actually one of my dad's favorite movies and he was in the navy his entire life never flew okay um but he was in the navy and then we were talking about movies and he he went to me and how have you never seen top gun top gun you're a movie nerd so i sat with my father and watched top gun and he did the thing i used to hate which i do now and quote the whole thing (laughs) and i kind of learned to love it as as I okay. said, as strange and as weird as it is, I, I kind of learned to love it. And it's directed by Tony Scott, and he is, uh, he's not with us anymore, God bless him, but he is one of my favourite directors. And he's also the brother of Ridley Scott, who's not only one of my favourite directors, but also comes, hails from an area near me. He's originally from Durham. So I've got to support the North East there. Oh, neat. So, uh, yeah, so uh, you're shocked that I haven't seen it for the same reason you were shocked that you hadn't seen it, because it's such a presence in pop culture. 
Yeah, man, completely. I thought I would because it's not. I, I know. I mean, we've 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 worked together before, and we've we've spoken about movies before. And I know you don't like the the horror and body I, horror and squeamishy stuff. I'm getting more this... into it. I haven't before, but uh, you you and uh, you and former co-host Carl Rowland did a great job of inducting me into it. Yeah, we try to ease you in gently into a into a gory pool. Uh, which I think is the only way you can be eased into a gory pool, to be honest with you. Thanks. I like it here. It's very gory. It's very gory. Yes. And, um, but it's yeah, such a it nice is warm like a like... pool. How do you get it so warm? It's, it's all of the room temperature blood. It's delicious. Um, but, I get it three uh, yeah, weeks it is. Before that's a sauna in Shoreditch. Oh, more than likely. I guarantee you now. Welcome as soon to as everything spa. starts to open again. Uh, hi. Welcome, welcome to the Gore Spa. spa. Um, I'm, this I'm, uh, I'm Fred. I'll be your, um, your guide today. <laughs> they, they never have normal names like Fred in Shoreditch. My name is, it'll be, my name is Quinton Basil and we're about to give you a lovely little iron wrap. Um, and then after that, we're going to put you in the blood pool. Yeah. It's some Oh, and then you'll thing. call him Quinton and he'll be like, uh, no, Quinton Basil. Thank you. Quinton Basil. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Quinton Basil. Thank you. No, thank you. Oh, good God. <laughs> that would actually probably be yes his full name would be Quentin Basil thank you thank you thank you no hang on we're just going to get stuck in a loop here um, yeah so Top Gun um, yeah it is it's, it's one of those quintessential pop culture movies okay. that everybody should watch even if they've got no interest in the Navy even if they've got no interest in jets going fast and even if they have no interest in Tom Cruise this has got a lot of those classic tropes of 80 movies as I've said not just the costume but the music the direction the editing, everything. It's glorious. It's a wonderful, glorious just thing of a movie. Okay, so fade in to a text intro. In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped <laughs> from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem... And no one else can help you. And if you can find them, then maybe you can hire Top Gun. I mean the eighteen. That that is actually kind of almost correct, really, because it is. In, it, it's true. In nineteen sixty nine, the Navy did establish an elite school for its top fighter pilots, um, and the Navy called it, and it said, as it says in that text, the fighter pilot fighter weapons school. But yeah. the pilots know it as Top Gun. Yep. So and the actual that, text does establish that we're not yeah. actually watching the A Team. I did watch the correct movie. Good. That's always that's always a, a grand start. So we actually fade in for real this time to just impeccably shot B real from an American military recruitment video. It is it, that is quite accurate to to what it is. I mean, the interesting thing about about the way they shot this movie is is they got. Uh, Ridley Scott and the production company actually got the help uh, Ridley of, Scott? Uh, sorry, I do apologize. Tony Scott and mm-hmm. the production company got the help of the Pentagon, the US Navy, and the US government to shoot on different locations. So all of the footage you've got of those fighter pilots and everything is shot with actual real pilots and shot with real with real naval men. You didn't you, um, you mean and they, they didn't just buy F 14s? Weirdly enough, no, which back then would have been expensive, but apparently now, according to some US budgets, would have been quite easy to pick up. Just uh, yeah, to ask some... What does an F-14 go for now? Uh, do you know what? Off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you, but I'll oh, check yeah. on Amazon in a bit. I'm pretty no, sure they'll have uh, them on there. 
to this and, day, that happens a lot. Like uh, more recently in the Transformers movies, all of that military gear was the U.S. Uh, doing it, like the, the U.S. military saying, there you go. So they're, they're, it's a bit of a controversial thing in the industry from time to time because they also say things like, if you're going to use our gear and represent our stuff, then we get the final cut on the movie. So yeah. Like, but there's some colonel somewhere who's like, oh, that uh, you you made that one military man look mean. Unfortunately, no, sorry, you don't get to publish the movie until you make him the good guy. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of that, uh, and this this movie is definitely showing um, the the U, the U.S. naval uh, complex certainly in a very very good light, in a very very good light. And to say that that the enemies in this, the, the few that they are, are one dimensional is is to say it the least. But they my have God, the way shot is delicious. Yeah. Man, I didn't even know. Quite strange, yeah. I know, right? And yeah, the B-reel is literally fabulous. faceless. The B-reel oh, is it's fabulous. brilliant. So just tons of smoke and jets and aircraft carriers in silhouette against a sunrise and danger zone. And it is it is the first time, not the only time, the first time in this movie we will hear Kenny Loggins danger zone. Kenny Loggins, you because, magnificent bastard. Isn't he just? Because he's also got on this uh, on this track as well as they're uh, playing with the boys during a scene. Uh, oh, we'll get very... to that scene. We'll oh yeah, we'll, obviously we'll remember get we're to doing that a scene. We'll we're, get we're doing a scene by scene, man. We got to start with the beginning. <laughs> so as Danger Zone plays, unfortunately, oh no, somebody said the word bogey, and now there's a black jet with a red star on the tail. In '80s movie language, that means it's evil and therefore communist. Indeed, yes, the co- the communists, evil baddie communists in this one, or are they? Who knows? Not yet, definitely evil baddie communists. But they have a red star on a black plane, and that means they're communist, right? Apparently so, according to this. <laughs> so then they play an aerial game of dick waving for a while, so that they c- we can establish the faceless evil people are actually faceless and evil. The best way to do that, to show somebody is faceless and evil, is to not give them a face and make them act in a bad way. Yeah, and also, anytime that... you get a, a close-up on the helmet in which you can't see anything behind the helmet, you, you just get, like, an evil sound, like a... I am, I, it is very much the visual equivalent of the dun-dun-dun noise. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so they're flying around. And Top Gun, oh, well, not Top Gun yet, Maverick, he's showing off his skills. Some marvellous uh, to play there. And again, the interesting thing in, in that is that was all shot legitimately. But what they had to do was reverse or change camera angles because Tom Cruise is in the back and the actual pilot is in the front. And the yeah. reason why they couldn't get a lot of close-up shots of the actual actor's faces during these scenes... Well, they're not going to actually they were... put the man in an F-14. Those things are $30 million in no, they did. dollars yeah, no, they did. They took them up there and flew them around. Yeah, yeah, but they're, they're not putting Tom Cruise in the pilot's seat of that aircraft. Oh, God, no. That's what I'm saying. And the main, yeah, and the main, one of the main reasons why was because they were throwing up every 15 minutes. Because when you're pulling like five or six Gs and you've never done it before, oh, yeah. pretty sure that's going to have some kind of strain on the human body. And this is like pre I do my own stunts, Tom Cruise, right? Oh, this, yeah, this is pretty much, he's, he's slowly easing himself into hanging off the side of buildings and helicopters and anything else he can get his little fingers onto. Oh no, Cougar is having a bit of, oh wait, I mean, this is the part where they invert the plane, right? Like they go, they go yeah, upside I'm, down next to the, that has to be camera trickery. There's no way to do that safely. Which well, it is one of his signature moves. Um, old Maverick has turned the plane upside down. And then obviously the wonderful coup de gras there is um, taking a picture 
Oh, with, a, with a non-more 80s Polaroid camera. Oh, goose, you oh, silly You silly goose. goose. You got there before I did. Dang it. <laughs> but Cougar is having a bit of a breakdown, having just had, like, several missiles aimed at him and looking at a picture of his wife and daughter in the cockpit and going, oh, fuck. And he has uh, trouble landing. Fortunately, Maverick is there to guide him down, defying orders in the process. That's why he's a Maverick. That's why he doesn't play by the rules. I, I'm starting to feel like his name is a little on the nose. Just ever so slightly, yeah. You're, a lot of them are like that, as we'll find out going through this movie. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, Cougar lands okay, thanks to Maverick. And uh, after a tense meeting with his CO, Cougar has resigned his commission. He, is, he has given up his wings, as they say, citing his newborn child that he's never seen is his main reason why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'll tell you something else is interesting. Do you know what the name of the um, the aircraft carrier they're on is? Uh, no, I don't. It is, and this is this is true. It is the USS Enterprise. Enterprise yeah, it's one of the. So that, yeah, 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 yeah. I now remember because there's only like four Nimitz class aircraft carriers in the U.S. Yeah. So I mean, to this day, I think it's still going. Like forty years later. And it it has boldly gone where every other naval place has gone before, unlike its spaceship counterpart. Provided it wasn't like in a shallow harbor. Oh yeah, it's not good. It's not going to be able to go that far. It's sort of limited to oceans. Yeah, sorry. So I, I digress. It's just one of my favorite things. Is that it's called the Enterprise. It is pretty great. Yeah. So, yeah. So Cougar's given up his wings, he as has. I said, sighting his newborn child and his family. He's never going to fly again. And despite his dislike for Maverick's recklessness, the, the commander-in-chief, uh, Stinger, mm-hmm. who I can't remember who, who plays him. I don't know, but he's kind of good. He, he, he decides to send um, Maverick and his, his, his wingman, Goose, to attend Top Gun, yeah. the, the titular they naval fighter weapons line. school. They were second in they line. Were. And they go to Miramar, California, Fighter Town, USA. Isn't it just... It's a bit on the nose. Also, actually, the name of that base. I looked it up. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I think the Americans quite like things that are named, obviously. Well, it makes them easier to find on maps, apparently. Yeah. Where's Area 50? Oh, it's next to Area 49. Area What's next to that? <laughs> nothing. Nothing is there. Nothing. Don't worry about it. Nothing's there. Don't worry. It's not on any but maps But I see whatsoever. an Area 52, like a block down the... There is nothing next to Area 52, <laughs> except for Area 53. Shut the fuck up. Go 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 back home. Don't worry about it. It's a it's a car park lot for Area 50. Don't worry about it. It's fine. You don't need to go there. Nobody's gonna break in. Or if you do, you should probably Naruto run. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. That's the only way to get past guards. God, right? that's a reference that's gonna age well. Maverick <laughs> triumphantly rides his motorcycle all the way there, I guess, while wearing aviator sunglasses, blue jeans, and a leather jacket. This is definitely the most 80s thing I've seen in a while. See, exactly. That American spirit free riding on his motorbike, you know, all the way down there to California, the blue jeans, the black jacket. And may I add, no motorcycle helmet. And I'm not too sure about California's open. In the 80s, I think you were allowed to do it. Or laws. But, you know. I think in the 80s it was fine. It was just dumb as fuck. So... Oh, it's, it's absolutely dumb as fuck. I know many bikers who have, who have fallen off their bikes or come off their bikes. And, you know, the thing that has saved them is has been the helmet. It's, that's pretty much essential. 
Wear then, a helmet, kids. So to any, yeah, exactly. I was just about to say, wear a helmet, kids. I, I sponsor helmets. They're good things. You might feel like a bit of a nerd, but they will save your life. Plus, plus you won't look nearly as 80s as Tom Cruise in the 80s riding his motorbike that, in the 80s. Plus you can get one that looks like Iron Man's helmet, which is kind of dope. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll be down for that. So after some montaging and some more music through sort of cool sunsets, Viper shows up to give a rousing speech about how awesome the military is. Join the Navy, kids. <laughs> that Yeah, it, it's it's not quite a recruitment video, but it is very much a recruitment video. Side note, I'm pretty sure Tip of the Spear is not the Top Gun people, that's the Marines. But I mean, I guess oh. a lot of people are going to describe themselves as the Tip of the Spear. Because nobody wants to be like the other bit of the spear, despite the fact yeah. that the rest of the spear also quite important. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, actually, yeah. And nobody wants to be the shaft, yet I, I would say the shaft is as equally, if not more so important, as the pointy bit of the spear. Because without the shaft, it's not a spear. If you're part of the unit known as the shaft of the spear, then you get to kill people and then deliver one-liners like, you've just been shafted. <laughs> And who wouldn't love that, kids? There's nothing more 80s than killing a bad guy and giving a witty one-liner afterwards. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's uh, a prerequisite to be an 80s action star, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Also, that kind of weird arrogance is a prerequisite to being a pilot, according to Viper, which is the exact opposite of what it actually is. But okay. <laughs> and yeah, again, you're absolutely true, Paul. I love to see the fact that you're getting into the swing of this, and one of the reasons why I loved it sitting next to my father who's admiring all of these men for being big burly men men real men and i'm sitting there going these people are i'm reasonably certain that tom cruise is shorter than i am and i'm not exactly super tall right well i'll get i'll give you my interesting fact number two about this this movie kind of gave credos an added legend to the whole tom cruise apple crate thing oh yeah do you know that okay that in because everybody knows Tom Cruise is short, yeah. but he's not really played short people in his movies. I mean, he played Jack Ryan. Was it Jack Ryan or Jack? No, it was Jack Reacher, sorry. Jack Reacher is in the books. He's about six foot two, about mm. my height. And Tom Cruise is, as you've said, shorter than you. And you are of absolutely normal size. I appreciate that. Thank you. They do a lot of very good tricks with having like his co-stars sitting or walking behind him. But my favorite one is when we meet her soon in the movie, uh, Kelly McGill, Kelly McGillis, sorry, I apologise. Every scene she's in with this movie, she's barefoot, and Tom Cruise is wearing cowboy boots with heels. Yep. I mean, so that, let's be again, clear, having been, like, I've worked on film sets, it's perfectly fine to use an apple crate. That, like, if the character is six foot two, you find a way to make the actor six foot two, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, whether that's camera angles, whether that's apple boxes, whether that's tricky framing, like, it's, it's part of the craft of filmmaking so like i I don't think anyone minds it i've just it is funny to me that like the most famously short actor in hollywood consistently plays these gigantic tall people i'm like i i get that he's good are there no tall people who could also do this well that's it there's i don't think there's anybody uh, as 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 a height of a tall person that has the intensity the charisma and just the all out barely restrained crazy behind the eyes that tom cruise has speaking of which they go to the bar now and uh as they oh, walk yes. in they deliver lines like now this is what i call a target rich environment yeah to like the three women in that bar and there's 500 men yeah they're literally shooting fish in a barrel 
Literally. Yeah. I mean, I think, you, is, I think by literally, you mean figuratively. Oh, sorry. I do apologize. Figuratively. They're not actually, the there is no barrel. There are no fish. There are just women <laughs> who may as well be for these men. Oh, yeah. Look, this thing that I can, I can acquire. It's a target. So at the bar, Maverick and Goose make a $20 bet on whether Maverick can fuck one of the interchangeable women in the bar. Well, the 80s a wonderful time. Just, yeah. just, for, just for role models for men to look up to and for, for women to, to want. How do they decide to go about wooing said target? The only way you can, my friend, through the power of music. Through the power of super bad karaoke. Isn't it just? Super bad, <laughs> super out of nowhere. I, don't, I didn't know this was a karaoke bar. He just has a microphone now. It is remarkable that all those men know all of the lyrics to You've Lost That Loving Feeling. I don't know the lyrics to I've Lost That Loving Feeling, and I like that song. I, I like that song, and I'm pretty sure I know only about two-thirds of the chorus. And because of, you know, certain rights and laws you have to, uh, you have to abide by, we won't sing it, because... No, <laughs> no, I don't feel like it. Maverick crashes and burns, though, with more cheesy 80s pickup artist dialogue. And, uh... Having been and, turned down by one of the many targets in the bar, decides that the best course of action is to follow her into the ladies' room. I have literally got that written down in my notes. It is quite possibly move one from the textbook they give out you at sex, Sexual Predator 101 class. Okay, guys. Uh, so uh, welcome to Sexual Predator 101. Uh, so today... We're going to be covering how to really creep the fuck out of your target. Uh, first, you need to call them a target. Uh, then, yep. wherever they go, uh, you need to follow them, especially, especially, and uh, this is the important part, into a place where you are definitely not allowed to be. Any questions? Oh, yeah, I know. Any there, questions? Uh, there are no questions. There are no questions for Good. that. If you if you agree with that, then you are a trash being. <laughs> God, and I was I was playing the role of the instructor of that class, or I was trying yeah. to, and it didn't work. That's okay. No, no, I I I got what you were doing, and <laughs> as if if I was part of that class, I would have agreed with you one hundred percent. But being a human being. Of, of of most moral standings. Isn't it just the creepiest thing to follow? It, it, but, you know, it's it's Tom Cruise and he's got that smirk on his face. He's maverick. He doesn't play it by the rules, including no. apparently normal rules set down in life. You know, not those just rules? ones that are written. All those rules R- that are rules. there to protect people. Fuck those rules. Yeah, because I'm a maverick. I'll do what I want. Yeah. The thing I have like, in no, my no. notes after the he goes into the ladies' room is Maverick 100% fully understands women. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so but it's very... It's a creepy moment. Like, I, I think there's a danger in being like, oh, man, 2020 me is going like, oh, this guy 40 years ago is a bit of a creep. I, I think in this case, even in the 80s, that would have been a little like, uh, sorry, what? What did you do? Yeah. He did what? He followed what? Why would Into you do that? Into the toilet, you said. And why is she playing along? Because, like, yeah. after they, after she just makes it clear quite confidently, like, nah, it's not gonna happen, buddy, fuck off. It's like, <laughs> she walks past Goose, who of course made the bet with Maverick, and she says to him, your friend was magnificent. 
Oh, cool. and I'm like, okay, cool. I like. I like her attitude. I like everything about her so far because she's like, uh-huh. Yeah, I've seen this shit before. All right. Later, guys. <laughs> As well, regarding her character, she's not an idiot. No, of course not. So, first of all, why she doesn't just kick him square in the nuts when he walks into the bathroom? And certainly, why, as you said, does she respond to Goose being, you know, he was magnificent? Who knows? But still. Let's maybe there is a part to, of her. It's that's the eighties like, kids. Maybe there is a part of her which is like intrigued in some way, going like, "Okay, uh, you know, maybe I, maybe I like a bad boy. I don't know. Is that a thing? Is that a real thing, or is that a sitcom thing?" Dan, I don't understand. I don't understand anymore. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down the sitcom route here. It might be sitcom, sitcom women. Route. Maybe sitcom women like this. I think it's sitcom women. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. It's the only way I think I could sleep at night. To be honest with you. <laughs> so predictably enough uh maverick's mark turns out to be a civilian contractor call sign charlie who has a phd in astrophysics yeah as i said not an idiot and uh at this point i was like okay she was trolling him like she knows she's gonna meet this fucker tomorrow because she's figured out like so you're a pilot then he's like yeah i'm the best pilot and she's like "Uh uh-huh i'm gonna see you in class tomorrow and i'm gonna make things extra awkward for you oh yes (laughs) super awkward so i think maybe she's just a fucking badass troll oh yeah she's a badass man thinking thinking and running rings around him and i i salute her for it that's kind of great but now that we've established her impressive intellectual authority, it's time for a scene where Tom Cruise undermines this authority. Not like we just can so he can show his own authority. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. We we now get to a scene where um, she's already undermined his authority, as you said, and now he's going to undermine her authority because that's what real men do. Yeah, yeah. Not like we can expect Go a on. naval officer to behave like a professional. Of course, of course not. Not with the rigorous training he's gone through just to get to this point. But wait, that would be within the rules. And he's a maverick. He's a good pilot, but he doesn't have... He, somebody put the word professor in front of his name. Oh, wait, he doesn't have that. She does. Yep. How about and, Professor uh, Charlie? Thank you very much. And I would always, always hope, in some semblance of a logical world with rational thinking, Professor would top pilot. I mean, like, purely in the exchange also, of ideas. Pilots are also like, oh yeah, super pilots smart are also, awesome. and like, yeah, especially at that level, the shit you have to know is unbelievable. So, like, these are smart people, but like, there's there's a point at which you gotta respect people for the shit that they've earned, right? And she's literally got oh, yeah. a PhD in astrophysics in the '80s as a woman, which means she she earned that shit twice. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I don't know what else you need, buddy. But uh, through a little bit of back and forth where they're in a whole meeting, I guess, and uh, he has to explain that, like, well, actually, uh, the information is incorrect, ma'am. And uh, actually, we observed the MIG ourselves and we did a 4G inverted whatever. He's like, you did a 4G inverted what the fuck? It's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally did. We have a Polaroid. You want to see yeah, it? Yeah, I did that. Let's go. Cool. I'm disappointed we didn't get to see the Polaroid. That would be brilliant. That would be absolutely awesome. But I feel in in the world of this movie, it's locked away in a file in the Pentagon somewhere. Yeah, Either that maybe. or it's just up on Goose's locker, one of the two. It, both equally as safe as the other. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. But now that, yeah. So Iceman is one of the other pilots and he briefly confronts Maverick for not covering Cougar while they were engaging the MiGs. 
interesting how Iceman is characterized as being like the classic stick up his ass, whatever. And actually he's just doing his job like a pro and dislikes unreliable people. Yeah, which is absolutely reasonable. I think it so. makes him quite a cool character. Hence the so. term Iceman. Ice. Man. As we said about these nicknames, they're quite succinct. And oh, I, yeah. I like that. I quite like and these plus nicknames. It's, it's it's Val Kilmer. How can you not like Val Kilmer? Oh, I love Val, Val Kilmer. Kilmer. I didn't recognize yeah. him by being so young. That is Val Kilmer being so young and very charismatic, I, I would think. Such frosted tips. Isn't it just? You can you can almost see the chill coming off his hair. But now that we've gone through the boring plot bits and bits where like we have frightening shit about how society was in the 80s and potentially still is now, cool jets! Yeah! Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! Cool jets! jets. That's what this movie's all about. Oh, my God, there's a jet there? It's so cool! (laughs) Also, I'm now noticing just how much mileage they're getting from that one cockpit prop that the art department rigged up, because, like, I swear every single shot of a pilot inside of a plane is the same cockpit. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. But now that I I thought that in my notes... But, like, then you said to me that they literally just shot them in the jets, and I'm now thinking, like, well, hang on. I mean, if it's me, I'm mocking up, like, just the cockpit part so that I can shoot it on a soundstage as well. But I'm now, like, maybe they shot it in a fucking real F-14. I believe it's a mixture of the both. Okay. In order to get that authenticity, particularly, again, for certain shots. While they are doing aerial dogfights and aerial maneuvers, yeah, they're definitely in the jets, but I'm sure they would have also had... Oh, yeah, um, I imagine while they're flying, they're not in a (laughs) mock-up. Oh, no, that would be an incredible feat that that the onset astrophysicist would have something to say about. That is the best art department in Hollywood, right there. We need a prop of a plane. Okay, do you need it to actually fly? No, we don't... Wait, what? What? No, yeah, we can do that. What? No, yeah, it's fine, yeah. What? (laughs) Ow! Oh Since yeah, when? I'll just have the boys rig together an F fourteen for you. Can you can you wait a week? <laughs> yeah, and by the way, the Millennium Falcon was the Millennium Falcon was real as well. Different movie, different story, but no, we got that up in the air too. You'd be God, you, God, flabbergasted is the only word. I would love that. Yeah, so also also they never really show us what Goose or Second Pilot does back there, other than like narrate. Yeah. That seems to be the main job of the guy in the back is uh, narrate what's going on. Well, he's the R- he's the ROI. Which I, th- rate I can't remember of inflation? What it means. It's the radar radar No, sorry, it's the R the RIO, sorry, radar intercept op- oh, okay. operator. So he's operating the uh the intercept. Yeah, via radar. So he's like calling the shots out and telling the pilot where they are and whatnot, which is also a handy plot device, as you said, to be a narrator, to tell the us, the audience, the casual viewer, what the fuck is going on up there. Yeah, that is a frequent problem in this movie, but somehow it isn't a problem because, as you say, it's, a, it's a quite a nice little goose will tell us what's happening. He's on our tail! Good, because I can't see him. I just saw yeah, two I can't jets. See shit. I just saw two jets. Yeah! I like jets. I like jets. I like jets. <laughs> jets are great. Uh, Maverick, uh, Maverick requests permission to buzz the tower on the way in. He gets told not to buzz the tower, and then he buzzes the tower anyway to lots of triumphant 80s music. 
Yeah, it's marvelous again, isn't it? Cool jets. It's yeah, the the idea that uh, yeah, in his first exercise, Maverick tastes on the skills uh, resident hotshot slash or in parentheses enemy pilot Jester, who is played by the wonderful Michael Ironside. I love Michael Ironside. He's been in Scanners, uh, Total Recall, and he was uh, one of the instructors and eventual uh, heroes of Starship Troopers. Which one was Ironside again? Was this Viper or the other guy? He's Jester. Jester. Yeah, so he's he's the one that uh, plays the when when they're doing the first uh, like aerial combat. Oh, he's like the guy That's who the, narrates first the combat. Like, gentlemen, yeah, your, your team, if you believe it, like that yeah, guy. Yeah, and um, was he in Team America? I think he might have been. Was he? I'll was he buddy? Was he like uh, what was his name in Team America? I have the name listed somewhere else, but that was like I have a note on that that I was going to come to later. But yeah, this guy's. Uh, they're all let down by the script in a way because it's like pretty i can't remember a damn thing the guy says but before they get to the actual place they get to the locker room where maverick uh broke the rules to win the engagement whereas iceman didn't something about a hard floor so i guess they say you can't go below certain altitude yeah uh because they're not supposed they're not yeah, it's part of their rules of the, their, their combat yeah. and conduct. Is they probably can't also like there's a safety thing where there's like that's where they pretend that that's where the ground is. Yeah. So, whereas if you pretend the ground is ten thousand feet up, you can't crash into the air, right? Well, physics would 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 dictate so, and we'd have to go back to our onset astrophysicist. But I think she'd agree with you. Yeah, gravity. But is yeah, a I thing. like that. I like that. I like the idea of uh, um, yeah, Maverick successfully outmaneuvers him by breaking some rules because hey. He's a maverick. Fuck you. Yeah. And as you said, Iceman doesn't like this. Yeah, Iceman takes exception to this because he's like, you didn't win. You broke the rules to do... Like, fine, you got the shot on him, but you had to break the rules to do it, which means, like, in-universe, as it were, you crashed into the ground. Like, yeah. you didn't win. We won. Fuck you. Uh, cue but, the, but the, because the... of plot forwarding, it, it doesn't it doesn't have any serious repercussions, really. There's a specific line I need to call out. What's your problem, Kaczynski? You're everyone's <laughs> problem. You're reckless and dangerous. And honestly, he's got a point. Oh, yeah. No, if you, th- if you think about it from that point of view, yeah. Val Kilmer, his character Iceman, is absolutely correct. You are reckless. You are dangerous. You might get somebody. What's your problem? Yeah. <clears throat> so which Tom Cruise's uh, retort is so deliciously delivered. It's, it's well delivered, but it's also like, who, who the fuck are... It's your first day here, and you decided to fucking break every possible rule. That's weird. Yeah, like in real life, first of all, none of it would happen. But yeah. if it did, he'd get called out immediately. But this isn't it. This isn't real life, Paul. No, this is isn't. the 80s, and this is Gun. <laughs> so this isn't real life. This is the 80s. Dan Chapman, 2020. <laughs> Yeah, and think about it, all right? In order to enjoy this movie about cool jets, you have to cool your jets just for a moment. It's quite something quite zen about that, isn't there? Isn't now, it? Up I like, to I Viper's like office, where Tower Man wants some butts. Well, he would want some butts because his coffee was ruined, so now he wants some butts. Yeah, now he wants some butts. That is, I, I do that. If somebody spills my coffee... I want some butts. <laughs> and now we haven't really we haven't really touched on the the, the homoerotic undertones of this movie. 
I um, mean, there haven't if, really if, if been you, that many yet. There's been like a few locker yeah. room scenes with like dudes with their shirts off, but they're they're in a locker room. Of course, they're changing. It's fine, right? Yeah. So, but just, this is the first time just, where a dude is like, "I want some butts." And if like, he doesn't get some butts, he's going to be seriously angry. He's going to get so angry if he doesn't get those butts. So uh, it's time um, to get chewed out for breaking a major rule of engagement and doing an unauthorized flyby. Dan, I'm starting to think that the triumphant music lied to me. <laughs> are you just a cot- cottoning on now, are we? Why would the music lie to me? Because they want to lie to you. <sighs> they want to lie to you. They want you to be uncomfortable. They want you to second guess what's happening in this movie, Paul, because that might just distract you from the fact that there is little to no plot. So Viper now wonders whether Maverick is good enough to to warrant putting up with his bullshit. And they figure, yeah, yeah he's probably good enough. He's very good. Oh, yeah, he's very good. I guess from a commander perspective, it's like, can we, do I think we can get this kid out of this weird, reckless attitude he's got? Because the, he's extremely good. Like, we want that kind of talent. We just don't want that attitude that comes with it so if we can change that then great i think we can i I, i'm pretty sure that's viper's thing right yeah well it is it's interesting because we find out that viper or actually commander metcalf knows knows of maverick and knows of his abilities because he flew with his father in vietnam oh we can't well that's like way later in the story oh yeah sorry i do apologize yeah yeah yeah. that happens way later but yeah he does know that uh, but yeah. we don't find that out yet, because first we need a late night heart to heart between Maverick and Goose. Turns out that there was some kind of scandal involving Maverick's father, and now every time we're up there, it's like you're flying against a ghost. It makes me nervous. And honestly, this is the first time where I've like enjoyed the acting, because Goose is very good. He's like the best thing about this movie so far. Yeah, that's, that's the great Anthony Edwards, who... Uh- He's a really, really good actor, and he was made famous in this, and he's been in a lot of other movies, but some people remember him from ER as well. He was in 90s uh, hospital drama ER, which he was marvellous in too. I don't think I'm super familiar with him, but I've enjoyed his performance here, because this is where he sort of goes, Maverick, I'm sort of on your team here, and if you crash out of this school, then that means I don't get the promotion which means that I don't get to give more money to my family. And I like, yeah. I got a wife and kid, buddy, please. Like, I know you don't have a lot going on, but like, come on, man, do it for me. And to his credit, uh, I guess Maverick sort of goes, yeah, you know what? You've got a point. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to try. Yeah. The interplay between those two is marvelous because you do realize that. I think, I think through that scene, goose, as you said, is no longer just the narrator or Maverick's wingman. He's a real person in the in the context of the movie as well. And as you said, he's saying, look, I get why you're a hot shot. I get why you're good at what you do, but we're a team here, man. Mm-hmm. So we need to work as a team, which is, in any way said in any movie, a really nice thing to say. I agree. New scene at the Academy, and another scene of uh, Maverick and Charlie flirting badly. What, what do you mean flirting badly? That's some grade A class one banter there. I can see it's dangerous for you, but if the government trusts me, maybe you could. To which my immediate response would be, well, if the government trusts you, everything should be all right. But then again, I'm a massive cynicist. So 
<laughs> but yeah, this works for some reason. And uh, she gives him a, like, she writes down something on a piece of paper for him saying, like, meet me at 530. Which she couldn't have just told him. But no, no yeah. course, well, I guess around the other students, she doesn't want, like, the, she doesn't want any of the weird politics that go along with dating a student, right? But from what I remember at school, if I got caught passing a note to another pupil, I'd be reprimanded. If the teacher did it, I'm pretty sure they'd be arrested. Yeah, but, but I mean, like, this isn't school. school. So the these are, are like, yeah, but these are, like, grown, these are naval officers. They're not, like, this is not children. They are not sub- subject to the same laws as children. You are quite right. I should have thought that one through. <laughs> like, they're they're probably, like, mid-twenties. How old is Tom Cruise really, though? Do we actually know? He's ageless. We don't know. Oh, Tom Cruise is eternal. Dan, we have a problem. We're 41 minutes into this movie about elite fighter jet pilot training, and we still haven't had any muscular topless 80s men playing beach volleyball while their oiled bodies glisten in the California heat. I know. I am as shocked as you. Can we fix that somehow? If only there was a way. How could we possibly do that? I know. By the power of Kenny Loggins again. I just, it's so out of place. <laughs> it's so, out, I mean, I get that they're military guys and they play sports a lot because, like, it's a good way to, it's a good pastime. Sports are fun. I like volleyball. But, like, there's a there's a scene in here, or there's a specific shot, rather, where one of them just flexes. Oh, yeah. They just flexes. Because that's purely for the ladies, Paul, and for you to think anything otherwise would, would open up a whole can of worms. So let's open that can of worms. I kind of, I kind of like worms. They're useful. The, yeah, this, this, for for this entire movie alone, I think this is the scene that has been parodied and talked about and discussed and dissected more than any other scene in this movie, and arguably any other scene in in, in a movie like this from the eighties. And Tony Scott was talking about it um, before his death. In an interview, it would be hard to put. It would be hard to talk about it afterwards, wouldn't it? Well, yes, that was quite true. Uh, and he he was t- t- and he says it, that was purely reasons for that scene were twofold. One, he'd realised up until this point in shooting there wasn't material. It was just them talking about jets or them flying fuel jets, which is cool, but doesn't further the plot. And two. He wanted to put more things in for the ladies. And then he chuckles and he went, yes, obviously the boys as well. So around about this time in, in the 80s, you know, homosexuality, a lot of people were seeing it as something that was disgusting. And it's absolutely not. If you're gay, it's absolutely cool to be gay. Love who you love, so long as the consent. But yeah, this scene has been parodied and mocked and dissected completely throughout film history. But I like it because it, in, the, in the concept of this movie is just totally hetero bro hangout involving casual muscle rippling games of topless volleyball. Volleyball. What, what could be more normal than that? <laughs> I think you, the word you just said was volleyball, and I kind of... Volleyball. To... <laughs> that sounds like a sport of witch plays. That's amazing. Isn't that Quidditch? Yes, also that. But also I, that. I, this, I don't see where there's a lot of material to write big books and papers on the the song playing with the boys is the song they've chosen to play along with the so like either they intended it to be 
like, yeah, there's just bros hanging out playing volleyball. That's what we do. Like, that's, you know, it's hot out. Of course, you're not going to wear a shirt. Fuck off. Or it's, hey, it's a movie and we're going to put some hot guys on the screen. You like hot guys? We like hot guys. Check it out. This guy's going to flex. That's what Scott said. His, his literal quote was, I, I didn't have a vision of what I was doing other than just doing soft porn. And he succeeded because it's like, yeah, he, that's what it is. Completely nutly. There's, there's some wonderful, you know, the sequence relies heavily on action, MTV-style music video, like, editing and lots of close-ups. Also, have you ever tried to play beach volleyball in jeans? Because fuck that. Paul, I have never tried to play beach, beach volleyball Full stop. Wait, really? I I am not shaped for that. I am you, not built for that. You absolutely are. You're tall and skinny. Oh, flattery will get you everywhere, dear. Like you absolutely when are. I, you could just reach over the net. Well, yeah, with with my with my gibbon like uh, snap on mantis arms that I have. <laughs> <laughs> I have a weird shape. I am a weird You're just a shape. Tall dude, chill. I'm like no, you should. We should play volleyball sometime. <laughs> I'll get the oil. But I do, I like it because he says, uh, again, to continue from Scott's point of view, he says, aside from knowing he needed to flaunt some young, attractive bodies in front of the movie goes, because that's what people like to see on the screen, he was otherwise completely flummoxed. He, he goes on to quote, I knew I had to show off all the guys, but I didn't have a point of view. I didn't know how to do it in the jets or in, in the classroom. So I just shot the shit out of it. I got the guys to get all their gear off and their pants off and sprayed them in baby oil. Which, if that was his target, he hit his target. I mean, he, he so, did exactly what he wanted to do. So mm. that's, I'm okay with it. Uh, and that's sort of, the it's mark a, of a fine director. It's a funny scene in, in a way. It's sort of a funny, like, and now they're playing volleyball. Well, hey, and I'm like, oh yeah, the 80s. I remember now. Do you know what, if it, you know what could have made it only more 80s? As if the cutaway in that had been a proper 80s video dating style star wipe into that scene. Oh my god, yes. That would have for me would have just perfected it. I think I think we've reached peak 80s. But oh no, oh. looks like Maverick lost a track of time playing with the boys. And now he's late for his date with Charlie. Good thing he can speed down an inexplicably empty California highway at sunset. <laughs> Well, have you never been to California, Paul? No, I All haven't. All of the actually. roads are famously empty. There are no cars in that part of California. No, I mean, I've if never... you go to Los Angeles, ig- ignore any picture or video you've ever seen of the Los Angeles motorways. There, it's all fake news. It's all edited. There are no cars. It's perfectly reasonable and logical to think that he would fly down the motorway at that time in the evening, completely un- unimpeded by traffic. I feel like it's a perfectly reasonable thing to assume that there would be no traffic in one of the most populated urban areas in the country. But, oh, well, maybe fighter towns in a different place. Maybe the, maybe <laughs> nobody commutes. Maybe they're all telecommuting. They're all flying in cool checks. I mean, that's clearly the answer. Everyone in the 80s yeah. was either on a date with Charlie or flying cool <laughs> jets. Presumably after everybody in the 80s followed her into a toilet and then eventually wore down her self-esteem and... <laughs> regards for her own safety and well-being. That's what this movie is teaching me. <laughs> yes. And then they they have a little date there, and they talk about jets, because of course they do, and they, like, they, I can't remember anything about this scene other than, like, you know what my notes say is, they talk. Yeah. 
it's the the chemistry between them is is kind of weird. But again, going back to what I was saying earlier on about his height, you'll notice a lot of this. Uh, she's crouching or lying down or sitting, and he's, yeah. he's standing. And again, remember, she's barefoot in pretty much every scene she's in with Tom Cruise. So that must just add an entire level of weirdness when you're acting to suddenly think, hang on, I'm barefoot. Why am I barefoot? Oh, that's right. The lead's tiny. Got it. So yeah, so at dinner, Maverick opens up about his father. He does. Yep, uh, who apparently, as we know, screwed up big time in Vietnam. We don't know how exactly, but he definitely screwed up. So we, we realise now that Charlie is clearly into him. And who wouldn't be? After all, it's a young Tom Cruise. But yeah, he leaves her hanging, doesn't I'm, he? he? I'm getting bored of con- I'm getting bored of conversations here. We need to get back to what's really important. Be real mm. of motorcycles at sunset. Yes, because again, I cannot emphasise this enough. It's the 80s. This is pre-Michael Bay, but by God, we have a sunset, and by God, we have some machines, and we will throw them together, and it will be glorious. <laughs> yeah. Well, you say that she's barefoot. I mean, I'm pretty sure that she was wearing jeans and cowboy boots because America. Because America. Because America. <laughs> but there's a whole bunch That's of just so like, I... will they, won't they? And they mirror each other's lines from earlier in the scene and Take My Breath Away starts playing again. I don't believe this. Take my breath. No. Don't. We don't have that license. But uh, yeah, if you he he took her breath, which means she can't breathe now. It's terrible for her. Maybe he will give her some breath. Maybe he will put some breath into her. Maybe he will. Maybe. Maybe maybe he'll take her up in the jet and Force some air into her. Wait, no, hang on. That wouldn't work. Not with G-Force. She's an astrophysicist. She should know better. No, you'd have to open the window. <laughs> no, don't, don't open, open the, the window, window on your F-14. Why is there even an option to do well, that? Well, we might find out about that later. <laughs> so, Goose and his wife, though, I definitely get their chemistry, yeah. right? And they, they are on screen for all of five seconds because we cut from the date with Charlie... To, I guess, uh, a quick elevator scene where they also, like, she's in a cap this time and he's just come out of the shower after a workout, I guess. He's in a perpetual state of having just worked out or just come off of a mission or actively on a mission. Those are the three states of Maverick. There are only three states. You know, know, some some can be solid liquid gas or uh, variations thereof. No, he only has three states. Well, the interesting thing about that scene as well, do you know why she's wearing that cap? Uh, no. This was all shot uh, in post. This was all shot after the, uh, they wrapped the first time because they... Oh, so these were Yeah, pick-ups. these were all pickups where, where, uh, with Charlie wearing the cap and the way Tom Cruise is because he'd started to film, I believe it was The Color of Money. So his hair had grown out and they dyed it. And I can't remember what movie she'd gone on to do, but they'd also changed her hairstyle. So that's why... Uh, I, I, I'm not legitimizing why he's why he's wet, but that's why he's wet to make his hair look different. He's he's so moist, so moist. He's just, so very moist. He's just a little wet boy. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. Oh, Tom Cruise is a little wet boy. I don't even want to know what that entails. Maybe that's one of his states. Wet boy. He's just super slippery. He's just a slippery. Also boy. on the roster of some of the worst Marvel or DC superheroes ever, Tom Cruise is wet boy. I'm putting that one up there. <laughs> What's his power? He's soggy, but he smiles a lot. Well, yeah, if you 
if the human torch were to blast a flame at him, it would have to evaporate the thin layer of water on his skin first. No, it'd be, there would be some steam going on with that. Yeah, it's like super sweat. That's all it is. So, but yeah, they now uh, get to an airport, I guess, and uh, they meet. The uh, Goose's wife is coming to visit on the base, which is great. And uh, th- she's great. Yeah, no, I love, I love the interplay between those two. Again, it just goes forward to show you just how much of a of an actual well-rounded character they want Goose to be. Because as we've said, you know, he starts off as just the the kind of almost jokey, literal sidekick wingman. And then you realize that he, mm-hmm. he, he understands why Maverick's going through what he's going through. And he also understands that they're part of the team and he wants Maverick to understand that. Now we get to see why he wants to be successful. Now we get to see what he's working for, what he's aiming for. And that's his lovely wife. And as you said, the interplay well, between well, those two. he's got motivation. Yeah. And here is, the, here is the motivation herself in the flesh. But now we got more important things to deal with. Cool jets. Oh, yeah, baby. We're back to cool jets. But, but in a classroom this time. Because uh, we're examining Maverick's encounter with the MIG in detail. Yeah. And uh, Charlie, as the resident expert to whom even Viper defers, assumes her rightful position of authority over the pilots and breaks down exactly what Maverick did wrong. Yeah, which is essential in any training anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Is- you got you to gotta do the reflective work. Right. It's not to say that you're bad because you made a mistake. It's to say, how do we not make the mistake again? Yeah. Right. That's called but learning. But once again, her authority. Right. That's what that's that's learning and stuff. <laughs> that should be up on a banner somewhere, I think. I could probably make a banner. That's that's called learning brought to you by one for Paul. Yeah, I like that. Once again, her authority is immediately undermined by another pilot whispering to Maverick. That's the gutsiest move I ever saw. Like they they really don't want the audience to ref- to ever think that this lady actually knows what she's fucking talking about. That's what well, gets me. Well, of course not, because that would undermine just how much of a maverick Maverick is. Yeah, he doesn't. Li- he don't need no rules. He don't need no rules. He's a maverick. That's the whole point of his name, right? They don't call him rule abider. Yeah, but her reprimand enrages Maverick, who sulks away like a fucking teenager by driving <laughs> his motorbike away at reckless speeds. Which is the only speed to drive a motorbike in the 80s. I think we've established that. Following him equally recklessly, Charlie crashes into some cars at the intersection and dies. Roll credits. (laughs) I mean, she drives straight through an intersection while cars around her screech to a halt and uh, slam on the brakes at the last moment. Because of... She gets up. Because of plot forwarding, Paul. Plot forwarding. We must remember this. Yeah. She she needs to make some more plot happen. She can't die. Not yet. No, no, she can't die. Of course not. She gets out of the car and Maverick yells at her for reprimanding him in the classroom. Doesn't check if she's okay after her car literally got air after going through that, I know, right? that intersection. And nearly nearly died several times just now, like a minute or two ago. But it's okay, because she says she's in love with him, so he's not outraged anymore. Well, of course not. And if anything, he should respect her even more, because, he, as we've said, he's a maverick. She wasn't playing by no rules, driving a car for the intersection that recklessly. And now, as you said, she's in love with him. If anything, she's more of a maverick. But hang on, if she's more of a maverick than him, then he would have to undermine her again, so he could still be a maverick. Oh, don't worry, he'll do that. Okay, we just took a little bit of a break there, and now we're back. And we were at the point where 
Charlie crashed through the intersection and died. Roll credits. I mean, yep. Went through and then and an alter- t- like told in an the, alternate universe. <laughs> yeah, and just told the pilot boy that like, hey, uh, I I know you're upset with me, but it's okay because I love you. And he goes, yes, yes, okay. <laughs> I guess, yes, we're in love now. Do you know what, Paul? I'll be honest with you. It's like watching the movie all over again. <sighs> <laughs> that is, he, he's phenomenal. Phenomenal acting. So they have highly choreographed sex in silhouette against blue light in soft focus because welcome to the 80s. Oof, this sex scene. I it's mean... very stiff. I did not no, mean no that to be. <laughs> I didn't mean that to be. I meant that it. I don't believe it because it's very strangely paced. But that's how everybody had sex in the eighties. Did you not know that? Oh, in like super slow motion at all times. Yeah, yeah. In, in real life, not just on movies. In real life, that's what happened. It was yeah. all tastefully backlit, and there was a lot of tongue licking, which is quite strange. That's probably why millennials don't have so much sex because we didn't have enough money to buy backlights. That is a direct correlation to the reason why millennials don't have so <laughs> Ability much sex, to have afford so backlights versus backlight. in frequency of sexual encounter. Known to be a proper and decent uh, prophylactic. <laughs> anyway, look, I'm, I'm bored of love stories. So back to training where narrator slash commander guy. Training jets. Training for jets. Oh, yeah. Uh, it. This is the same guy who voiced Spotswood in Team America, I'm convinced. I'm pretty sure. If not, it's a it's a damn good If not, it's somebody doing this guy's voice, right? Yeah. The sort of like, you know what you need to do, intelligence. <laughs> Almost uh, akin to Basil Exposition in Austin Powers. <laughs> uh, yes, very similar. If this is all the same guy, then hats off to you, sir. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's Michael Ironside. Now we can look it up later, like, it's fine. But, uh, commence to more lovely B-reels of jets. Frankly, I'm tired of plot. Just play me a bunch of jet engine sounds sweeping across a big speaker system in a cinema and... Yeah! You I... have finally reached peak Top Gun, Paul. Oh now my you know God, what this is all about. So much! Ah, I wished I had, like, jets I couldn't... in your face. When I watched this, I was just at home, because at the time of recording, it's, uh, it's 2020 coronavirus time, and we're all just at home. So, I couldn't... I don't have a proper big subwoofer in my house, and if I did, it would just bother everybody. But fuck, I wish yeah. I had one. Because this is exactly <laughs> the kind of thing... I went and I have literally gone to the cinema before because I was like, that movie is likely to have car chases and explosions and their speaker system is magnificent. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. I I have done that with quite a few of the movies as well to go, do you know what? I could watch that at home, but I need to see that on the big screen purely for the setup. Uh, Fast and the Furious 8. Don't care about the movie. The movie was fine, but God damn it. Rampage. Oh, yeah, also. Watching Rampage in the cinema. It's mostly just that they have those gigantic subwoofers, and that's wonderful, right? Anytime I can feel jet engine, anytime I can feel jet wash in my chest, I'm just going to be happy as hell. So, uh, remember, you remember life before CG? Because there is a real difference in how this feels compared to, like, (laughs) I don't care how beautifully animated your current day thing is. We're watching real fucking jets. Yeah. And that's amazing. 
it is absolutely fantastic, as we've as we've spoken about, to see that they went up there, they did these aerial fights to the best of their ability, to what they could do, and with the machines they had. And it is a testament to somebody going, nah, never mind computers. Let's fucking do it. I'm let's not sure let's you take them up. Do there. It with computers at the time that this was made, but let's be clear: if you have the option between, we can hire an animator to do this, or what if we just actually put jets in the air and film it? Then why why would you ever not do the flying the jets around. Yeah, I would absolutely love to do that. It would be fantastic. And again, talking about what we said earlier on, with with the production company and the costs, the only thing they paid for, they didn't rent the jets. The only thing they paid for was the fuel, which admittedly is still you know a large amount because it's not like driving down to the local Tesco's garage and filling up an F fourteen. <laughs> it, it, it's still expensive. I, I would pay to oh, see them. <laughs> Just, yeah, just pulling up next, pulling up next to some boy racer in his shitty little Ford Miata or whatever, and you pull up an F fourteen jet, yeah, and give him the cool thumbs up and, and through the through the cockpit canopy. I would love that. And all you say to the guy is, "Cool car," and then you take off. <laughs> Literally take, take off. off. Hopefully, hopefully burning him in some hor- horrific jet washes. You go. Oh past yeah, that stuff fantastic. heats up like crazy. Uh, so turning out, it turns out that abandoning your wingman is a bad idea. Who knew? Yeah. So Maverick gets told off almost, almost as if it was completely counterproductive to having a wingman. Right. Why would you have a wingman? But again, you're a Maverick. That's in the rules, and he's a Maverick. Yeah. Why would you have a wingman? Stay on. Stay in character, Maverick. Now's not the time to be going by the rules. You have one character trait. Stick to it. Yeah. So uh, in the locker room, Maverick <laughs> gets told off by everyone for not being a team player. And uh, honestly, now to his credit, he seems to be internalizing this a little bit, right? Like when, when hmm. Iceman says you're dangerous and foolish, he doesn't like try to say anything to Iceman. He just sort of goes, yeah, I guess. Yeah, okay. Maybe he's learning a lesson. It's possible he's learning. This is what we call character development. That's what passes for character development in this film. It's what passed for character development in the 80s. Uh, he goes to sleep while sadly looking at a photo of his dad, I think, or someone, uh, yeah. probably his dad. Uh, but the next day, he and Goose are hanging out with Charlie and Mrs. the Goose. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. I believe she would be the, the gander? No, that's not right. Isn't the gander like a lot of geeses? I think, go- I think female goose is just a goose, isn't it? Yeah, so she's Goose Goose. Yeah, she's she's Mrs. Mrs. Mother the Goose. It's kind of great, and I assume they've got kids called Duck Duck as well. But that's <laughs> another story for a different time. <laughs> no, you see, they got one kid named Duck. Uh, they were gonna have twins and name him Duck Duck, and uh, that just uh, they weren't allowed. Turns out you can't name <laughs> the second kid the same thing as the first kid. There's rules against that, and Goose is not Maverick. And sitting sitting down at the table when your kids are called Duck Duck and your wife's called Goose, you're not going to get a place, really, are you? No, not really. You're like weird musical chairs. No, you're just going to be you're you're going to be out immediately forever. <laughs> so yeah, so we have we have Charlie and Maverick and Goose and Mrs. Goose. Yeah, just hanging out in a bar, which is lovely. Or a restaurant, I guess. I guess a restaurant because like the kids with a them. Restaurant bar. It's a diner, probably a diner. Like you can get a beer at the diner. Ah, the eighties when you could smoke inside and get beers at diners. I mean, you can still get beers at diners now, but you can't smoke inside. I don't see any. Can't smoke outside either. Oh yes, mm, yes. PC gone mad. You probably shouldn't. No, definitely not. So, uh, Mrs. Goose is kind of great, and she's more. She's talking all about like, yeah, Maverick. Like, he's fucked anything with legs for the last forever. Didn't you know, Charlie? <laughs> 
He fucks anything with legs. Isn't that funny? You remember that one time he fucked that one girl? Yeah. With that, legs? Yeah, and then the other time, the Admiral's daughter? Yeah, you remember that? But don't worry, because you love him now, so all of these things can instantly be forgotten and forgiven. Yeah, but he's super in love now, and he's definitely not going to repeat old patterns, because that's not the way that people behave. And of course not. That's not. That's well within the rules, and as we all know, he abides by the oh, wait, hang on. Oh, no. It's Maverick. Well, hopefully he learns his lessons before too long and Maverick becomes a thing that he was turning his thing into. Uh, anyway, so he um, I quite like the whole th- this is another one of these Goose and Mrs. Goose are kind of the great because. Yeah, kind of the great. Jesus, Paul, you can English today. They're kind of great. And uh, <laughs> that was top notch English. <laughs> I must say. I have spoken this language before. As somebody who sounds like this, I was to say, as somebody who sounds like this constantly, to have me talk to you about your English in Paul. Um. It's okay. I've done the, I've spoken English before. That's fine. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's, I, I buy their love is what I'm getting at. They, yeah. they seem like a lovely young couple who are, you know, young family, super into each other. And also, I just it's know nice. women like this who are, like, aggressively Southern. Like, Goose, you big stud. <laughs> Take me to bed or lose me forever. Like, yeah, I like you. You're good. You know women like that? Yeah, oh, I've known come I've never been introduced to these women, Because uh, they live in the U.S. normally now. Because they live, like, uh, a long way away. Fine. Fine. I let geography get in the way of my love. Yet again. Uh, it's just that she's really great. I like her. And I believe her as, like, a person in a way that I don't believe Charlie is, like, a person. No, I understand what you come through there. Uh, Charlie doesn't seem to be the most well-rounded of characters. No, she even steals a line when they motorcycle away into the into the early evening, and uh, and they, they she says, also, take me to bed or lose me forever, but, like, less Southern and great now because she doesn't have that voice. Side note, I apologize to anyone from generally the South for my horrific accent attempt, but you know, I love it. It's great. So I wasn't even I wasn't even gonna try because yet again, going back to this accent, it doesn't lend well to anything else, including this accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now that the love story is all wrapped up, it's time for a cut to a wedding scene and they'll all live happily ever after, right? Happily ever after. Happily oh yeah, completely. Uh, stop watching now. Don't worry about it. That's the end. Nothing's going to happen. Dan, I'm concerned. We're only an hour into a 90-minute 80s movie. <laughs> and something happy has happened. So, by by the by the law of movie uh, thermodynamics or uh, physics, sorry. By decree, every action, by decree of the movie lords. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction, so they're all happy now. So what's going to happen next? Uh, well, uh, more awesome jets. More awesome <laughs> jets! Yeah, so it looks like yes, Iceman... Yes, at this point in and... time, this is... Sorry, This is ahead. Hop 30... No, sorry, I apologize for... Uh, this is Hop 31. Hawk 31? Hop 31, H-O-P. Oh. So every time every time they do a mission, it's called a hop. Oh, okay. And in, in, in Maverick's uh, flight history, as it were, this is his 31st. So this is Hop 31. I thought it was... Uh, I thought that was called a sortie. Like a sortie. Like an exit. Or is that an I actual I cannot mission? remember. I think that's an actual mission. Oh, okay. I'm, I don't know terminology, but I think I... Yeah, anyway. 
If you know the terminology and you're listening, uh, why not uh, send me how wrong I am on Twitter at one for Paul? You can also send uh, how wrong I am constantly uh, through Instagram because I'm at Dan Clash Blues. And I like to hear how wrong I am. You have an Instagram? I have an Instagram. If I wanted to find your Instagram, Dan, where would I find your Instagram? You could find my Instagram, Paul, at, at Dan Clash Blues altogether. No underscore. No capitals. Man, that's a shame since I don't have an Instagram. All I have is a Twitter that people can follow at one for Paul. That's all in words. Your Twitter, I believe, is at one for Paul. Yeah, and there's, words. and there's no letter in there. There's there's no number in there. It's all it's all regular English words, which we've established I can use correctly. <laughs> I, I'll have nobody say anything to the contrary. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like uh Danger Zone and Awesome Jets and Iceman and Maverick aren't playing nice as a team because uh, this time Iceman is on a target and Maverick's like, no, I can get him. I can get him. Just get out of the way, yeah. Iceman. You're fine. Just get, get out, out of the way. way. Iceman, of course, not trusting this I've reckless got this. asshole. I've got this. Don't worry. Yeah, he's got it. Yeah, it turns out he doesn't have it. And uh, through some uh, pilot MacGuffin... Uh, they go into a flat spin. Yeah, it's it's actually a thing called, I mentioned it just briefly earlier on, it's called jet wash. So it's if you cross out through uh, the back of another jet, that can force you to just mess up all of your... So I guess it's like the, the temperature, the pressure messes with your engine? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So then, and that, that, that so is what then has it, happened here. So if I understand right, then it yaws like crazy. And oh, it yeah, starts completely. spinning you around, which means that you can't actually establish any lift. Which is, uh, as like it's a you're, you're tumbling paper plane at that point. Oh yeah, completely. So, so basically, Maverick pressures pressure has pressured Iceman to break off uh, this engagement so he can shoot it down himself and get the glory. But Maverick's F fourteen flies through the jet wash of uh, Ice Iceman's aircraft, and it's called a, a flame out of both engines, and. Therefore, he goes into an unrecoverable, unrecoverable, sorry, I can't English either, good thing, uh, flat spin. Yeah, so uh, I looked up what a flat spin was, and it is legitimately terrifying. I, I'm just not oh, a yeah. pilot, so I'm not going to pretend to know what I'm talking about, but it's uh, it's a it's a plot device, all right, and they crash, and they're forced to eject, and Goose has to be the one to pull it, because G-forces have pinned uh, Maverick to the front of the controls, which I, I actually quite like that as a detail. Like you could be in a position where you're where you're pinned to the controls. Except, aren't they normally wearing one of those crazy four point harnesses? I believe so. <clears throat> but again, plot forwarding, Paul. Let's not get yeah. uh, harnessed up in the details. It was the eighties. Nobody wore a seatbelt. Nobody wore. A seat they belt didn't wear motorcycle helmets. They didn't wear helmets. What's safety? I don't understand. But they did know all the words to you've lost that loving feeling. So the payoff is kind of, you know, it's good. So what you're suggesting is that I should stop being safe in order to learn song lyrics. I don't know the direct correlation, but um, let's go with yes. No, I know. I like you. No, be safe, Paul. Got it. I would rather you be safe and I would rather everybody out there listening be safe. Be safe, kid. Wear a mask. Wear a mask and a bike helmet and a four point harness. At all times. At all times, whether or not you're in a jet, because they just look cool as well. And if you're into that kind of thing, hey, more power to you. 
So they're forced to eject, and Goose gets rocketed neck first into the canopy. Yes. Goose barely succeeds in yanking up in the canopy eject handles. Mm-hmm. But the, the pilots, they do eject, and unfortunately Goose crashes into the canopy, and this causes his death. Also, on a separate note, this also started aeroplane uh, design aeroplane design companies throwing frozen gooses into the canopies to see if they... Well, no, they do that anyway. It's called bird strike. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely not true at all. But I just like the correlation between goose hitting his head and them throwing frozen gooses at planes. I found it morbidly funny. Well, the, here's the funny thing. They legitimately do do stuff like that, but it's not oh, from yeah, the inside. Do. It's from the outside, and it's for a thing called bird strike, because at sometimes your jet's just going to fly into a bird, right? So, yeah, also, I'm pretty sure at some point there is a pilot uh, on Top Gun called Bird Strike. I'm not too sure. We'll have to look through the credits. But... Oh, man, that would be hilarious if the way he got his name is just he kept getting bird strikes all over the place. <laughs> like the second he takes off on every hop is just, oh, my God, again, Jesus. You're like a goddamn seagull magnet in this thing. Cockpit's just filled with chips. Way to go, Bird Strike. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, bird strike. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, so unfortunately, this is... Unfortunately, the his death goose, of goose is cooked. Yes. Well, not cooked so much as boiled, if that water's warm enough. But yes, and the scene that made, and still does if you're my father, grown men cry and weep. You're good then, to yes-and yeah. that. It was not good enough to yes-and. <laughs> <laughs> And uh yeah, we get some sad music and some and some little little scenes, like one where Viper yeah. shows up to the hospital where Maverick is recovering, because that's that's gonna shake him up too physically, and he's uh informed that Goose is dead. And uh Maverick now has to pack up Goose's things and give them to his wife and kid. That's a tough day. Yeah. That's gotta be rough. And as we were saying earlier on, everything leading up to this, bizarrely, if you look at this movie from a certain point of view, it has been the creation and the maintaining of Goose's character as the kind of like the center pin for Maverick. Mm -hmm. And now he hasn't got that. He doesn't. What I found really interesting is like Mrs. Goose comforts Maverick in this situation. Which is like, both she's great, and also, that seems a bit weird. I guess people are a bit weird when they're grieving, and people grieve in all kinds of funny ways, and that's always fine. Yeah. But it's like, his wife is, the the first thing she says to Maverick is, he loved flying with you, don't blame yourself. He would have been up there anyway. He just, you know, he just would have hated it if you weren't there. It is It is a strange way to go about dealing with that because it is for my for my eyes it's her going ah don't worry about it you killed my husband i know he was your best friend and that's more important at this point in time but um yeah don't worry about it maverick you're cool you're good don't worry so yeah it's a bit strange i guess my read on it is they had previously had conversations about it and this is like she's already sought help from him and like now they're like helping each other through uh, that's sort of the way that it makes sense to me but it's also the 1980s and it's like this is a character mrs goose is there to move the plot forward right yeah and the plot is not about mrs goose it's about cool jets and also maverick cool jets 
And also Maverick. Yeah. You have to understand Top Gun. It's about the Jets first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they court-martial Maverick, which is absolutely right. Someone died in your cockpit while you were in command of that uh, vehicle. So you need to show up to a court. I don't know if it's court-martial. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought a court-martial is you are tried for a crime in a military court. Which, like, in this case, it might just be an investigation or an inquest or, like, I, I don't know how the American stuff Oh, works. yeah, there's, cer- there's certainly a board, a board of inquiry, uh, inquiry. sorry, does uh, uh, investigate it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely right. And they find that Maverick couldn't have seen it coming, and once it had happened, it was unrecoverable, it was just an accident, and it sucks, but he, it, it's not like he was at fault for it. And there was, I guess there was also no negligence. You know, people die on training exercises. It's sad, but uh, that's... Yeah, it's sad, that's, but it does happen. Uh, I, I mean, mean at least from the, the court's perspective, that's going to be like, well, yeah. it sucks, but we're not going to lock you in a cage for this event. It just sucks that it happened. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was say the argument from the court's point of view would be, it's happened and it's terrible, but uh, we're not going to lock you up for it. Yeah. So they find him innocent, and Viper immediately wants the kid back in the air, because, again, good commander... He's like, we need to make sure that he doesn't take too much time off to stew in this shit or he might quit. Fuck. Right. Yeah. Calling out a specific shot. There's a, there's a shot where he's, uh, Maverick is in the cockpit. It's like kitted out and everything. And there's this slow zoom from sort of mid far all the way up to extreme close up on Maverick's face as he straps on his oxygen mask in the cockpit. And it's among the best shots I've seen anywhere. It's just so good. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's just so good. The lighting department got, like, reflections of shit in his eyes. It's amazing. Like, maybe it was just the daylight, but even just choosing that moment is, like, the lighting and the cinematography guys just going, okay, we need, we have one minute to do this. Tom! It's literally that moment of, we have this amount of good light. Right. This magic light to get this right, so we're going to do it right. And like you said, it, it's pulled off fantastically. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you brought it up because it is also one of my favorite shots uh, in this movie. Bizarrely, of fast jets and fast cars and not so fast women mm. uh, and fast motorbikes to have that to have as you said that 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 closing in that zooming in on him and his eyes. I do think it's actually really beautiful for want of a better word. The it way really that they did is. That. It's stunning. It's that shot on its own is a piece of work, isn't it? But it's also one of the first, I think it's the first time where I was like, I kind of feel for this guy now because there's a yeah. look on his face that again, Tom Cruise is a spectacular actor. Espe- like the, the screen acting discipline is a lot about control of your facial muscles. Right. And he's yeah. just so good. And you've got to be thinking as well, if, if you're looking at it through his eyes of of his character, of Maverick, everything that must be going through his head to be back in that play. Mm. Like, he doesn't want to kill another guy. He doesn't want to die himself suddenly like the, the Maverick crazy, like, wait, hey, I'm just going to do reckless shit all over the place. You can fucking deal with it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, that, and now that he's like, like it's gone from his eyes. That attitude is now, I now understand that that kills people and I like those guys. So. Yeah. Mm. But he's lost his the, confidence. The hero has come forward. Yeah, he's lost his. Oh confidence, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he even in previous scenes, you know, he he, he considered them um, uh, retiring, didn't he? So 
but yeah, he's, as you said, Viper's got him back in the uh, back in the program. Oh, he hasn't considered. Uh, so. We're not quite there yet. We're still in the sort of like the couple of shots going through things. He's lost his confidence, and Viper sees this, and like a good yeah. commander, he decides to keep sending him up because he's still a great pilot, and they still want him. I think this is a continuation of Viper's like. Before it was an attitude problem, now it's a confidence problem. Both are fixable because he's good enough where we're going to put in the effort to see if we can't bring that around, right? Yeah. So uh, there's actually a lovely locker room scene here where, like, Iceman expresses condolences to Maverick, who I think for the first time in the film he calls Mitchell. Yeah. And on on the first watch of the film, I was just like, all right, Iceman, whatever, And the second watch of the film, I now see, I saw Iceman as like the really good guy in a lot of ways. Like they're all. Oh yeah. Cause you go ahead. Yeah. You, you, a lot of people want thought he was going to be seen as the bad guy is the dick, you know, like Val Kim is Iceman. It's like stick in the mud. Oh yeah. But then as you realize as this film goes on, he's, he's not. He's, and this, this scene, as you said, shows he's, you know, giving his condolences to somebody who he doesn't see as an enemy, but as a competitor. It, and a lot of a lot of good points can be made for um healthy competition helps people everybody in that competition grow. He's introduced so he's to us him, in a shot where he's chewing gum about an inch and a half away from the other dude's face. Like yeah, smirking and ne- chewing gum, which is like movie shorthand for asshole. It's either oh, that yeah, or eating yeah. an apple. So, yeah, either eating an apple. And and if you want to look like a mean asshole, you eat the apple with a knife. Oh but yeah, chewing yeah, chew, chewing gum cockily. Yeah, that's like, like you said, movie text for this guy's a dick. Yeah, so that's how... he's not he's not that much of a dick. So yeah, oh yeah, he's like a consummate pro who's diligent and wants the best for his team. Like they're all arrogant pricks. We know that. Like they're you don't get to be <laughs> in this. You don't get to be in this kind of position unless you are a little bit arrogant. Right. Well, yeah, of course, because you, you, if you do get generally have the skills and the ability and the brains to back it up, which in real life a lot of these pilots do, because as yeah. you said, uh-huh. incredibly smart people, then yeah, I'd, I'd say, I mean, I've got a big enough ego as it was. If I could fly planes like that, Christ, could you imagine what would happen to me? So after a few days of uh, hops, I guess we said they're called, they're flying around, yeah. flying cool jets, but sadly this time, Maverick desi- decides to resign his commission, I guess, because he's just at an airport. Yeah. Because that's where Charlie finds him at a civilian airport. It's like it's, it's like where he goes to hang out to look at the non the non cool planes. Yeah, I guess uh, guess that's where he goes. But uh, Charlie shows up and says like, uh, "Well, you were gonna leave without saying goodbye," and he's like, "Yeah, pretty much. That's the size of it." She's like, "Well, I yeah, I got a job offer in Washington, but I was gonna say goodbye, dude. Like, that's not cool." And he's like, "Yeah, no, you're not. You're right. It's not. Anyway, later." I guess. Yeah. So they're broken up. Roll credits. I guess. It's a tragedy movie now. Yep. Not actually. That's 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 what's happened. That's what's happened. That that's the actual real end of the movie. No. Everything else was just a fever dream after. Yeah. But (laughs) you know what? She's got the right of him because dude's never going to be happy until he's going Mach two with hair on fire. Well, that's a a surefire way to cure the blues. I mean, I don't know of another way. When you're no, really I, sad, I you just got to go fast. 
Just go fast. Just go fast, and then all of your don't sadness see, will go away. There's nothing complicated don't about this. counseling. Just go fast. You can outrun your problems. That's what speed. Have you not read any of The Flash through most of more recent stuff? When the, the weird, like, you can't outrun your past stuff? Well, he managed it, and all he needed yeah. was a physics-breaking <laughs> speed force. So is that, well, a, it, um... is that a real thing? I haven't read The Flash. I'm just assuming that that's where they'd go with that. Oh, no, he, 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 if you watch the TV series as well, and um, I, I'm sure Carl, if Carl's listening to this, he will be yelling and screaming at us right now, but I'm pretty sure that's the entire plot of every season of The Flash. Oh, I'm you pretty sure The problems. Flash is the guy who moves really, who moves, like, slightly faster than regular, right? Just slightly, yeah. Faster than a speeding bullet, as far as I understand. He's, he's, uh, I think it's like a, a speedwalking speed. So got, a bit oh, my blurry, God. But... Speedwalking The Flash <laughs> has to be... <laughs> I, if you are an animator listening right now, please, please. draw that run cycle. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to see that. You know, just just around a mall in America somewhere with with all of the octogenarians going for their morning mall mall uh, stroll. Amazing. I'd love to see that. But what what's interesting about this is um, we're talking about like the rise and fall of Tom Cruise's character at this mm. point in time. He's at his lowest step. There is a marvelous comedian called Rich Hall, um, who makes a wonderful joke about Tom Cruise in his movies. And he talks about he kind of fits in every every movie he's in is the same trope, where he's the best at what he is. So, for example, in Cocktail, he's the best bartender. Might be the best bartender in the world. But then he suffers a crisis of conscience and is no longer the best bartender. But through the love of a good woman and some uh, background possible father figures, he becomes the best bartender. The same in Days of Thunder. He's the best race car driver. Might well be the best race car driver there is, but through a crisis of conscience, he doesn't become a good race car driver anymore, but through the love of a good woman and a father figure, he becomes a fantastic race car driver. And this is where Rich Hall says, and it might be one of my favorite jokes of all time, he turns around, he goes, he's waiting for the Tom Cruise Scrabble movie, (laughs) where he's the best Scrabble player, might well be the best damn Scrabble player there is. Oh, man. But through a crisis of consonants, beautiful he's no longer the best scrabble player a crisis of consonants oh yeah and i just absolutely love that i think it's wonderfully thought sorry again to digress but (laughs) (laughs) which is oh my god rich hall you magnificent bastard uh, it's very it feels very formulaic which Mm. to be fair this movie did happen like 35 years ago or something right so this might be like a the formula got established later right and this is like one of the trailblazers that did it or something somehow i doubt it but it but it does work though you've got to admit yeah it's pretty good it's pretty good uh also side note dude is just dude is just at the gate of the airport without a ticket oh yeah for those of you who were not flying prior to 2001 the airport (coughs) used to be sort of like a bus station right Mm. Like there was no security to go through the airport. Like you just showed up and took your plane, right? It it is weird if you watch old old movies and part of the scene they need to rush to the airport. They rush to the airport and they can buy a ticket there and then and get on the plane. You can still that do inc- that, but you have to go through yeah. security. And oh yeah, also, it is incredibly hard to do now. And also you need to like show them six forms of ID and stuff because like as it turns out there's a couple of things that happened between then and now which caused uh, the whole world to be like, wait, airplanes are dangerous? Uh, yeah. 
there was there was a, a few things which we won't go into. Yeah, um, we don't need to go. But yeah, they, they, like it's obvious. Like before two thousand and one. Uh, you could just get on a plane most places, especially if it was like a domestic flight. Like you could just, it's a bus. Oh yeah, it is an Airbus. That's what they were called, wasn't it? Airbus. Uh, Airbus is the name of a European company that makes airplanes. Yes, they're, they're that, right? But it, it really felt like a bus station. So like thematically for the younger guys out there, let's be clear. He is not sitting at an airport having already bought a ticket and committed to like the, the, he didn't book this ticket three months ago, right? Like this is not where we're at. You could just show <laughs> up, no buy a ticket, and leave. He just showed up and was like, "I wonder if I should buy a ticket." Right? That's thematically what's happening. So if you replace <laughs> airport with bus station in your mind for that purpose, that's what's happening. So, but if if they put him in a bus station, it wouldn't have been nowhere near as sexy. Yeah, but also, like, he's a fly guy, so, like, having someone else fly him is, like, that's got to be weird. Do you reckon he's just like, in one of those planes going, like, this fucking idiot? What the fuck? It's like, yeah, it's like if a barber goes to another barber. Do they not? Who, who talks first? Yeah, who talks <laughs> first? It must be strange. It's what you call a bus driver's holiday. It's quite odd. Yeah. So yeah, so he's at he's at, he's at the airport now. Sad Maverick. Sad Maverick, Maverick. is sad. Uh, fortunately, Charlie is there to call him Pete Mitchell for the first time, and uh, and he goes like, "Oh shit, I'm not me. I'm Maverick. Better be Maverick again." Yeah. So that's what almost it... like she's found out my secret identity, which would be in all of my military documents and papers anyway. And that's how he introduces himself to people. No, he, he surely would just introduce himself as I'm Maverick. I mean, Hi, I would, I'm Maverick. Wouldn't lead to, it wouldn't lead to any, and so is my wife. It wouldn't lead to <laughs> any kind of uh, confusion whatsoever, would it? Uh, this is Mrs. Maverick. Mrs. Maverick. And uh, and these are the two kids. Maverick Jr. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and uh, Little Goose. <laughs> oh. So, uh, instead of leaving, Mitchell goes to seek help of an, and advice from Viper at his house on a Sunday. Uh, he does not take his sunglasses off indoors until it's appropriately dramatic to do so. <laughs> While looking at a picture of his dad on Viper's wall, and he does the sunglass take off move that we like, you know, the move. Everybody knows the move. If if you just say that people are already imagined it in their head. Oh, yeah. So he does that. And uh, turns out Viper flew with his father and decides to divulge classified information to him that could end his career. Viper's career, that is. And uh, turns out his dad was like a superhero. Uh, this is classified because the battle took place on the wrong side of a line on some map. Yep. Which I will point out is exactly the thing that Maverick did wrong when he was first chewed out. Indeed. He went over an imaginary line for a second to get the shit done. So we're starting to say, Viper's got some weird subtext character development that is never actually developed, but sort of developed around him. And I'm like, okay, the writers know what they're doing. That's kind of great. Yeah. Why didn't they do that for Charlie? <laughs> why because they'd wasted all the rest of the budget on jet fuel they wasted all the rest of the talented writers on just developing this one dude who's got six minutes of screen time they were all writing the choreography for that volleyball scene i think that's what happened <laughs> amazing <laughs> 
Uh, yes. Yeah. So yeah, we we found we find out um, that um, he flew with Mad, Ma- Maverick's father. Yeah. The excellently named and more probably named Duke Mitchell. Duke Mitchell. Duke Mitchell. The Duke, which is such a cool name. Yeah. Better than Pete. And um, yeah, and it, as you said, he was killed over uh, neutral airspace in Vietnam. Which, as you said, a line on a map. I'm pretty sure it's quite strange. But you are right. It's pretty much what Maverick did. Well, sort of thematically, it's, it's not exactly what he did because one of them's an international no, it's not exactly, but sovereign yeah, the, border and one yeah. of them is whatever. But the, the thematic, like, it's an imaginary line somewhere and we didn't respect the line to get shit done and it turned sour, but we got the job done. So whatever, the mission won. And that's sort of what Maverick's argument was earlier, right? So I think that's why Viper puts up with this arrogant little prick because he's not he's not only really good because clearly he's not as good as Iceman. Iceman is like the fucking best, right? Yeah. He's the second best. And this guy who's into like the elites is also like, hang on. I think I get this kid and also I'm exactly that way and I like it. So yeah. let's see what we can do with this guy, right? Yeah, I think it's quite interesting the way he's gone. I see a bit of myself in this kid. I'm like this kid. So, yeah. Let's, uh, let's let, yeah, like you're right. Let's see what we can do. Which is reckless in itself, but hey, he's also a maverick. He is. He is a maverick viper man. So after a dramatic drive past Charlie's house to watch more cool jets... Maverick Maverick decides to show up to graduation anyway. Granted, a little bit late. (laughs) I guess he graduated anyway. Like, he didn't have to do anything else. It was just like, oh, you've got enough points to graduate tomorrow. So, like, either come and graduate or don't, I guess. And I'm like, is that an option? Can you just not show up? Can you just say, like, yeah, I earned the qualification, but I'd like to not earn it anymore. Thanks, later. Well, isn't it like, you know, um, I've, can you, I've, can yeah, you I've like the, unearn your driver's license is what I'm getting at here. Can you just show up oh, to the DMV and be like, hi, I don't want this anymore. Later. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you can. you can do that. But it's a very strange thing to do. Like, I guess if you're in your 80s and your eyesight don't work and you, it's not safe for you to then you should probably do it when like you're supposed well, to. unless you remember the royal family. There's no, of course. Callback. What do you mean? They're the best drivers. <laughs> yeah definitely the, you know all that driving they do all the time really well, well only if they're on their own private land or careering into other people I, I have no idea what you're talking about clearly you <laughs> don't know the same royal family that I do <laughs> there are many royal families we couldn't possibly state who we're talking about no of course not so Iceman wins his place on the coveted plaque and everyone else sets aside their formal rivalry to approach each other as colleagues uh, we should have mentioned before, there's like a plaque that they introduced at the yeah. at the briefing where they were like, if you're the best of the best of the best, because we're all the best of the best here. But if you're the best of the best, if you're of the, the best, best of the best of the best, then uh, then you get to have your name put on this piece of tin. Yeah. Which will show the best of the best that you are the best of the best of the best. And those that are hoping to become the best of the best will simply the, will learn about the best of the best of the best through what's the best of the best. Yeah, because you know how many people read those plaques, don't you? <laughs> that's that's immortality right there but first i've got to do that sunglass move oh sunglass my god move to read the plaque oh that was the second day of training okay gentlemen we know that you can fly planes uh we need to instruct you in the aviator sunglass maneuvers maneuver one 
cool sunglasses takeoff maneuver number one. Uh, grab the uh, stem on the right side <laughs> with your right hand. You may only use the forefinger and the thumb in this maneuver. Grab them at some point behind. I recommend reasonably close to the lenses, but you can move them a little bit further back if you're feeling a bit saucy that day. You will... Do not touch the lens. Do not touch the lens. Do not approach the lens. Do not look at the lens. <laughs> but you may tear the sunglasses off of your face with a forward and leftward motion. Okay, gentlemen, you try it now. Here are your standard issue aviator glasses. These belong to the military. If you break them, you will play, pay to replace them. <laughs> they are part of your essential kit. If they are destroyed or damaged, it will come out of your paycheck. <laughs> like, side note, I am absolutely certain knowing anything about military stuff that if there has to be, like, a uniform policy for sunglasses, I guarantee oh, got you to there be. is. There's got to be. Anyway, so... So yeah, so Ice Iceman and Maverick, yeah, they're, they're they're besties now. They are after after a lot of yelling and very vague, longing, loving stares. Yeah, they are now besties. So that makes them besties. So that makes them the besties of the besties. After long conversations in the locker room together with their shirts off. Well, that's that's how everybody else becomes friends, isn't it? That's how we became friends, wasn't it? Uh, no. Whipping sunglasses off each other's head in a, in a locker room. Oh, no, sorry, that was a fever dream. Oh, no, 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 you're breaking rule two of the sunglasses takeoff maneuver. You see, you have to tear your sunglasses off of your own self and never off of a form of, of another person. Oh, that's where I've been going wrong. That's why I didn't graduate. That's a different maneuver. Oh, did I graduate? I don't know. I didn't show up to get the plaque, so... It's because I'm a maverick. Probably. Yeah, so but Ice and Maverick are cool now, but uh, now oh no, graduation is cut short, and like all, and, and like they only have had six glasses of champagne each, but now they need to go on a mission, <laughs> and they've all had yeah. So Ice and Maverick, of course, are going on the mission, but oh no, Maverick doesn't have a co-pilot. That's all right. He could fly solo, but wait, no, that wouldn't be right. He couldn't fly solo. No. No, he couldn't. <laughs> so someone will have to fly with him, and if he can't find someone to fly with him, then Viper will fly with him. Yeah, team! Hooray, America! Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! Team America! Cool jets! So on the mission, uh, Iceman approaches the CEO about whether Maverick is the right choice for this, because, again, dude's got a point. Hard to trust, like, this kind yeah. of reckless wildcard character. And uh, Maverick overhears this, and I guess... The the facial acting here is the thing that gets me because he's like you can tell he's like ah shit I got some shit to prove now don't I all right yeah <laughs> and I I further appreciate how they're not reusing be real in this film because they must have gotten like hours and hours of just gorgeous gorgeous footage right I mean wouldn't you you're on a you're on a military base and like here just shoot these planes all day oh yeah wait no no uh, with the camera with the camera thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we got into trouble from the last one. No, use the camera. Oh yeah, like the, the, a lot of the footage they got, um, bizarrely they used because when they did go to revisit the idea of doing Top Gun two, um, electric I think boogaloo. The, uh, yes, electric boogaloo. Um, they back in the habit. They um, the, oh come yes. Uh, so they had a lot of footage. So when they went to go and revisit the idea of doing Top Gun 2 after its first initial success, they found that all of the footage they'd used was the footage they'd got. 
because they enjoyed shooting it so much they rammed every bit in <laughs> that they could get. Yeah, it feels that way, doesn't it? Yeah. We like this footage so much we're going to lengthen the movie by a couple of minutes to put their shot in. And yet somehow it still feels like it rolls well, like it, it flows well. Because sometimes movies yeah. are like that where you can tell the director just did not want to give anything up. But, you know, you got to cut stuff. Oh, yeah, you got to cut stuff. And they were sneaky with only one shot. Mm. Which was uh, the the missile shot when he when he fires the missile. That is one shot, but they flipped it. Yeah, that's true because like missiles are expensive. So I don't know if oh, you yeah. know about it, but that's the main thing about missiles is that they're expensive. They they're, they're a bit costly. So if you can afford to only do one of them, you get the shot, and you're like, well, how do we do this again? Yeah, because apparently the production company went up to the Navy, look, can we shoot some of the missiles and stuff? And they, they basically looked at their budget and they looked at what they were allowed to do and they turned around and they went, you get one. <laughs> and the production company thought they, were la- thought they were joking and they laughed and it's obviously the US Navy and the military complex sometimes aren't known for their sense of humour and they literally turned around and went, no, one. That's what you get, we've just told you. Write that number down, <laughs> one. <laughs> Uh, sorry, sir. I'm a little concerned about uh, the the number we've just written down. Which number was it? One? Are you certain? Are you sure? Yes. Yes, it was one. Well, because like, even if we could do like three, that would be like way better. Well, how about we split the difference there, soldier? Uh, one. I mean, I'm not a soldier, I feel, and also Navy, so probably sailor if I were one here in this context, but... Also, like, I, I really, like, do you not want to fire cool missiles? Because I kind of want to fire cool missiles. And the generals today going, I'll, I'll tell you this again, champ. One. You get one. Well, okay, then. I guess we'll, like uh... Spider-Man. <laughs> Everybody I... gets one. Okay, then. I guess, uh, I guess we'll, um, how many cameras do we have, fellas? <laughs> God damn. But oh no, we're a real mission now. It's a real thing, and everybody is real sweaty. And uh, those evil communists are being all evil and all communisty all over the sky. That might be the champagne sweats. Might be. I don't know if you've had six glasses of champagne before you've jumped in a plane, but you do tend to warm up a little bit. Not before I've flown one. <laughs> so, well, I'm I'm famous for drinking champagne and jumping into jets, and I tell you right now, you get sodden. I could see that. <laughs> I could see that. So why? does maverick have goose's tags like you would have thought that mrs goose or maybe the kid would have those like get, uh, maybe do you get spares like would you've had a spare well, set well we'll come to this towards the very much the end I, I have a point about that yeah <laughs> uh, you know what like do they issue spares is that how I, th- I was under the impression that when you get dog tags you get one set and unless they're like yeah. actually destroyed you you don't get issued another set right well, I'm sure if you, if it must be part of the uniform bill. Same thing with the sunglasses. Yeah, if like you lose not, them, you're not supposed to lose them because they're but part yeah, of. Yeah, usually, yeah, usually that the kind of the whole thing of the dog tags is for them to be kept on the person until they're no longer needed. Yeah, so if somebody were to find Maverick right here, they'd be like, "What the fuck, Goose? Yeah, why the what the fuck do you have Goose's? Not what? only no, no. Let's let's be real about this. He's he's wearing another man's tags on a mission." If somebody yeah. finds this motherfucker, they're going to be like, "Did we send? Did we send a fucking zombie up to the fucking? Yeah, did we? What? 
Hang on, get get the guys get get the get the guys at Area Fifty One on the phone. Have they been messing around with our dead pilots? Uh, Are they not telling us I, stuff? I think you mean the parking lot next to Area Fifty Two. Oh, sorry, I apologize. The the parking lot next to Area Fifty Two. Have these guys been messing around with our pilots? No, there's there, nothing right? there. Trust me. Also, bring it there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So never mind. Uh, but never mind all that. Now there are five evil communist bogies, and oh my God, they killed Hollywood. Yep. Your line is the bastards, but okay. Sorry. Fade me. Give me the fade line again. Oh my god, they killed Hollywood! Those bastards! Yeah. <laughs> that was forced. Shows you how much I might keep it, it in just to be how lame we are. <laughs> but yes, Hollywood, because he's played vital parts throughout this entire movie. Hey. <sighs> <laughs> Which one is Hollywood again? He's basically Goose 2. Oh, okay, I see. So now they're firing on Iceman, and uh, as Maverick arrives, they fly right through a MiG's jet wash, which gives Maverick flashbacks. As it would do. Yeah, no, like, actually, that would be fucking terrifying. Uh, yeah. But also, like, the whatever the actual physics are of this... Like, to an audience that doesn't know what Jet Wash is, and you said Jet Wash was the thing that killed Goose earlier, are we supposed to be like, oh man, it's a good thing that they didn't crash, because it came across to me as like, why didn't they crash, though? I thought the Jet Wash was the thing that brings down jets. Yeah. Uh, again, from a from a physics point of view, it's it's odd. But from a plot forwarding point of view, it works. We need the plot to keep going. Which means and that that's now, what we're here for. <laughs> which means that it's now, the plots to keep going. Uh, they're able to kill one of the evil communist evil planes and their evil faceless communist man inside of the evil communist faceless MIG man plane. And from here, which they, if you look very carefully, that's stamped along the wing. It is exactly it those is in words Russian, in but, Russian. But that just means the R's are backwards, I think. So yeah, they didn't actually write it in Russian. They just wrote the Cyrillic letters that represented the <laughs> english sound approximately that's how that's how hollywood does nobody actually speaks russian don't do they dan do people do people speak russian yet so from here they sort of narrate what's going on between just more super impressive b-real sh- footage of cool jets yeah maverick vocally refusing to leave iceman without a wingman which is the nice little turnaround that we were looking for. Like, yeah, yeah I'm not leaving my wingman, damn it. And they're like, oh, okay, you're actually a team player now. Great, thank you. Holy shit, he finally got it. Two people are dead and, you know, gone through a lot of mental stress. But uh, thank God Maverick's got it. Three, if Hollywood had another guy three. in his plane. Yeah. Was that the token black man in the class who once told Tom Cruise, like, hey, man, we could have got him. Was that that same one guy? I believe it was. Did he ha- Did he even have a call sign? Uh, do you know what? He did have a call sign. And if I tell you it, you will be shocked, but at the same time, not shocked. Because remember, this was the 80s. <sighs> Go ahead. So his name, okay. his call sign in this is Sundown. Oh. Well. Yeah. Thanks, 80s. Uh, mm. Yeah. All right. 
I... And the man playing that actor, so, yeah. uh, sorry, not the man playing the actor, sorry, the actor playing the that character, Sundown, <laughs> the man playing that actor, <laughs> you will be surprised to know, turned out, no. Um, Amazing. So, yeah, so that is the great uh, Clarence Gillard Jr., who um, other people, and some people may know, he played Theo in Die Hard. Oh, that's and him. He's been in lots of other great movies, yeah. He's been in lots of good movies. So, yeah. But, I, yeah, it's a little on the nose, as it were, to call... What is, let's face it, the only black actor, Sundown. There were a couple of extras, I think, in the classroom scene. To, yeah, but as, also, a, but as but a, like as a character, yeah. I yeah, I as a character, as a not as an character. on-screen it's... person, but as a as a person with lines. By which I mean one line. Yes. Yeah, one line. Yes, it's uh, not. The 80s wasn't always the best time, Paul. It was <laughs> evidently pretty bad if you were not a straight white dude who lived in the U.S. and had enough Much money to make like a living. Now! Yeah. So Not to get too political. This isn't a political show. We think black people are great, and we think that you're underrepresented in media, and we hate that. Indubitably. So, 100% agree. Uh... So they're firing on people, and they're able to kill a guy. Go America! Yeah, yeah they've now shifted to offense. Yeah, America's winning against they've the faceless, offense. horrible, evil communist. They got from the yard over to the other yard by transitioning <laughs> to offense, and from here they sort of narrate just what's going on. And uh, he does that break maneuver that he mentioned to Charlie earlier in the plot, I guess, where. That is his famous move. His famous move where he stops the plane in the air to let the other guy go past and then shoots him in the butt. Which is not a euphemism or a metaphor for anything else, kids. Don't look into Tom Cruise's past or the very thinly veiled homoerotic undertones of this movie. Yeah, team. Go team. Go team. Hooray, USA. Every day, USA. USA has won. They've managed to kill most of the faceless communists. Two they of them have. got away, but we won't talk about that. No, they won't. Uh, requesting a flyby. Should should we give him a flyby, Dan? Should we just let him have a little little ride around? Do you think? Do you think maybe he should be allowed a flyby after everything's done? Yeah, maybe he should have a flyby, right? Yeah, give him the flyby. Well, they don't give him. He's the done all right. No, they don't. <laughs> but he does it anyway because he's a maverick. Okay. Because he's a maverick, kids. And, and somewhere when that happened, the same tower controller who spilt his coffee shit his pants. Yep. <laughs> if you wanted some butts before, oh man, you don't want to know what he wants now. Oh. So as the More mission butts. is successful, the whole ship cheers because they managed to ruthlessly murder several people after aggressively entering another country's sovereign airspace. Yeah, as a side note, didn't did they just start World War Three? They because might I'm have. Pretty sure that's that's cause for so the serious retaliation. So the actual way that they describe the mission is one of their warships strayed into enemy territory, or one of their guys Straight. or whatever, like it was a vessel of some kind, and they had to go on a rescue mission to get them. Right? Yeah. Or uh, rather, somebody is good, like Coast Guard or whoever, whoever the fuck is going to get them. They're going to get them, and the, <laughs> the planes, Coast Guard, yeah, the planes are there to. Hey, they got to guard. They got to guard some coast, but yeah, whoever, <laughs> somebody else is actually doing the rescue, and the planes are up there to provide air support. Right, that's the way it works. Yeah. So 
That's how it looks. So they just invade the sovereign airspace of another country for for and then invade it again to get their first guy back. It's basically the equivalent of somebody telling you not to kick your ball ball into their yard and then you doing it anyway and then going and trespassing to get your ball back. Yeah, pretty much. So but hey, it's America. It's, Fuck yeah. It's cool also, jets and maverick. It's also exactly what the other like, wasn't that like the mirror image of what Buddy's dad did in Vietnam? He went the wrong side yep. of a thing in the and I know what they're trying to say. I know that they're trying to say like he also went the wrong side of a border. And oh yeah, there you go. And you're like, okay, cool. So you're the aggressors. Let's remember that for a second. That's <laughs> so yeah. let's let's not forget for one second. Like one of you started this war and it won't and it weren't that dude in the rice field. So uh, they return triumphantly to base, and Iceman and Maverick hug. Dan, because they're besties now. Dan, you can be they're my the besties wingman. of the besties of the besties. You can be my wingman anytime, anytime. Thumbs up to the camera. Fade out. Bullshit. You can be mine <laughs> because Maverick will not be topped. He will not be belittled by superiority in any shape or form. Whether it be instructors or better pilots or women or even Val Kilmer himself, he has to have the final word because he's fucking Maverick. Yeah, as we established in the volleyball scene, he will not be topped. <laughs> he may not be bottomed either, but another conversation for a different day. <laughs> so then to more sweeping victory music, and Maverick throws Goose's tags out to sea, signifying presumably that he never needed Goose in the first place. In fact, fuck that guy. He was only ever holding Maverick back. Asshole. This is exactly what I have in my notes, Paul, word for word. I'm about to read it to you. Okay, go oh. for it. And Maverick, ready? Oh, and Maverick throws Goose's dog tags into the sea, symbolizing, hey, fuck you, Goose. I didn't need you, and your family don't deserve these. (laughs) Yeah, we thought the same thing. We thought the same thing. Because like you said, why the fuck does he have those dog tags? Surely his wife should have those dog tags, along with any other memorabilia or any other of his personal effects. I mean, I feel like also if Goose left the tags to him in his will, then yeah, fair enough. Okay, fine. It's a strange thing to write in a will. (laughs) Yeah, and also in my will, make sure that uh, my best friend, Pete Mitchell, better known as Maverick, gets these dog tags because my child wouldn't want them. My wife wouldn't want them. They've already got my mil- the last of, last of my military pension. I want him to keep them forever. Make sure he keeps them forever. I mean, that's uh, the way it's presented. These guys are like best friends, though. Like, I don't know. I can I can yeah. see a dude saying like, I want my best friend and uh, co naval officer to have my tags if I die. Right? Yeah. So then Tom Cruise proceeds to throw them in the fucking ocean. Yeah, because and that's the part where I'm like, it's not about Goose's decision to give it to him is what I'm getting at, right? It's not, I don't, that I could sort of see, right? It's the decision of Tom Cruise not to be like, you know what? I'm done with these. I no longer need the Goose in, you know, the representation of Goose in I no longer need the Goose in me. I don't, I don't need Goose inside of me anymore. (laughs) It's okay now. So... Uh, it's juvenile, I know, but it is funny. It is. That's why we're saying it. So, <laughs> have you not? Have you not listened to the show before? <laughs> has, has nobody cottoned on yet? <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It's it's the Tom. It's the Maverick going like, I'm going to throw these in the sea dramatically instead of going. I don't need these anymore. So maybe I should give them back to Carol. <laughs> 
And you know what? I think Tom Cruise's character, uh, Pete Mitchell, may be related to that woman in the Titanic who threw that fucking diamond in the ocean. Because a lot of people could have profited from that. But that's that's just me presuming. I have from not movies seen of people that, throwing shit in the ocean. I have not seen that movie since I was like 13 years old. I don't know. I don't remember a lot about it. There's a boat. Well, I won't spoil it for you. I will say I won't spoil it for you, but there is a big boat involved in it. Wow. I wouldn't have it's guessed. It's almost of Titanic proportions, I'll tell you. You're kidding. It's amazing. So, so yes. Yeah, so I, to sum up, Paul. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like uh, his performance was so impressive that it made the news in the entire English-speaking world, by which we mean like six countries. <laughs> and uh, he's got his choice. I believe they call that the Independence Day clause. I suppose that's right, yeah. And he's got his choice of assignments because he's famous now. Dan, can you name me one real-life fighter pilot? <laughs> I know exactly where you're going with this as well. Can you... Have you named, can you name any fighter pilot ever? I can name one, the Red Baron. Yeah. That's it. Pete Mitchell is yep, famous for flying cool jets in an illegal hop that he should not have been part of. I, all right. And because, because of his uh, fame now, certainly not his infamy, yeah. he now gets literally the pick of his assignments which I'm pretty sure is not how they hand out assignments <clears throat> in the military industry. No, it's public. absolutely how but it works. Hey, they give up promotions to the, the most 80s. famous people. If you have more Instagram followers, then you get the promotion. You know what? You might actually be quite close to that in some industries. That might actually be quite true. Oh, especially <laughs> the Navy. So, yes. So now that, now that he is fighter pilot Top Gun Ace number one. He now kind of wants to be Viper 2, kind of. Because yep. he might want to go into teaching. I don't know if he's a good teacher, but maybe they'll make him into a good teacher. But now he's a big-time hero, and also Charlie is back. Remember Charlie? Yep. I didn't. And then shoulder they pa- repeat Shoulder this... pads, right? No shoes. Uh, that's No, cowboy boots. Sometimes. Sometimes cowboy boots. Yeah, and then they repeat the same lines of dialogue from the start of the movie again at the diner. Because how romantic... <laughs> Roll credits, happy ending, go America. Yeah. <laughs> so this is so that's actually the end of the movie this time. This is yeah. a sports movie. It is. It is you're absolutely right. It is 100% a sports movie. This is a sports movie where the sports is a jet fighter. Oh, yeah, completely. It might you could instead of calling it Top Gun, they could have called it Kiki Kiki Jetball, but that doesn't really roll off the tongue as well. So replace the jet fighter stuff with any sport any sport golf and this this entire movie still works right but instead the takeaway being whatever the competition friendship and sportsmanship is unlike uh, is ultimately what matters we get the lesson that fuck those other anonymous evil black jetted communist evil faceless robot people see now you're learning <laughs> Go America. So <laughs> Exactly. The ultimate rule of this is go America. And we're not shitting on America. No, but the Maybe movie is very, very but pro. But the movie. It's very, yeah. it's very Cold War America. There's no getting around it. And that was a 90-minute 80s extravaganza of trying to get people to enlist in the naval forces. Oh, you had exactly Powered my very Tom next Cruise. note. That's 
uncanny. It's almost like it's super obvious that the only reason the Navy funded their shit was because having a large <laughs> Hollywood hit. Uh, did they also pay for the marketing? Because I imagine this is just a fucking recruitment video. Right. But Paul, that would be so cynical of you to think those obvious and correct things. You're right. It would be very cynical of me. <laughs> I should uh, I should stay the same. So anytime there, oh, yes. there was Indeed. anytime there was dialogue, I got real bored. Unless Goose yeah. or Mrs. Goose were speaking, and then I was kinda cool. Also, I guess Viper was kinda cool. I liked him. But yeah. That, again, that's that's the great Michael Ironside, mm. who's awesome. We like him. Yeah. And um, no, you you're quite correct. The, the character development of uh, Goose and Mrs. Goose loved it brilliantly. There are some very good things in this movie, but it is, as we said at the top, a true slice of '80s pop culture. This movie went wild when it was released, mm. and it has gotten into the hearts and minds of we will say predominantly men the point is this is like it's very obvious it's very straightforward it's an excuse to just watch cool jets oh yeah completely and, and that I, is one of the things i do like about it i kind of do like i get that i like the fact that there's all this cool footage of cool jets and like put it on some big speakers and just sit there and listen for a while and watch the cool jets do cool maneuvers i'm like yeah that's fucking awesome i want to watch that and yeah, I guess a lot of people like it for the same reason. But like, I get it. The film is not about dialogue. Oh, no, not in the slightest. So, I mean, let's just make another one and just call it Cool Jets, the movie. Now with extra added Cool Jets. Well, funny you should mention that because it does happen to be coming soon. Cool Jets? To a theater near you if it ever opens. Cool Jets 2, Electric Boogaloo, Maverick Back in the Habit. Cool jets. All right. Or I believe, or I believe the shortened title to that in US and UK theaters will surely just be Top Gun Two: Call on Maverick. So interestingly, Tom Cruise is not credited as a stunt performer in this one. No, it's quite strange that even though, as we said, they did go up in the planes and they did go up and fly with pilots to get some shots. Like, I wonder if it, you like, could. Uh, is this just pre his insistence on doing all his own stunts, or like? I'm pretty sure this is what started it because of the rush and because of him enjoying being up there. This is when he started to go. All right, I want to be more hands on. I want to make it, and he has, to his credit, always said he wants to make it as as believable and as authentic as he can. Oh yeah, which does granted give a lot of insurance companies for a lot of movie uh, companies massive heart attacks well you say that but like i saw an interesting interview with uh um, adam savage previously of the mythbusters a while ago uh you know mythbusters yeah yeah so he i do and i love it it's amazing uh but he has since done a show called tested on youtube where he addressed yes. this question on a like a q a segment and it was like well your insurance rates must have been crazy right and his answer was well at the beginning yes but after a few years of this my qualifications started to get very impressive because I was yeah. a qualified stunt driver. I was a qualified skydiver. I was a qualified welder. I was a qualified. So I gained all of these qualifications doing the show. And after a while, the insurance companies were like, yeah, this is a capable low risk person because he does all this crazy bullshit and has not been injured more than like a handful of times. So yeah, like we're going to reduce his premiums. So I wonder if there's a similar thing with Tom Cruise where they're like, 
yeah, he's broken a couple of ribs, but he's never like been in intensive care because he crashed a motorcycle into the side of a building, right? Like he's not reckless. He's actually very good at this. Yeah, I know. It's, it's it's that weird payoff where a lot of people go, well, he's our star. He's our bangability. He's, you know, where the money comes from. But as you said, if he's getting these qualifications and training over the years of doing these stunts, you were quite correct. Mathematically and logically, the premiums would go down. Yeah. So again, that must add to him going, don't worry, people. I actually do know what I'm doing. No, yeah. Like maybe the first time they're all like, this guy's like 26 and wants to do his own stunts, which involves like, we got guys who can do that, Tom. Chill out. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh more spe- uh, more of the credits because i kind of like watching the credits now uh in the special thanks to the pilots of the u.s navy f-14 air crew section of the credits uh the following call signs are listed <laughs> there, do you have this list too um I'm, i was trying to find it i couldn't find it so please continue here here's a short list of them bozo d bear loner <laughs> Curly, Silver, Rabbi. Uh, so suddenly I'm like, how hey, maybe, name. hey, maybe Sunset is not that far off of what these names actually, because these are like actual real people's call signs, right? Like they're, yeah, you get given a call sign. That's what people call it. So there's like literally a dude called Rabbi. You reckon he was just the Jewish guy in the platoon and they were like, ah, it's your call sign now. And he's like, all right, <laughs> fine. I, uh, part of me really hopes not. I really hope I, not, but come on, it's like... that's well, Yeah, but it's probably what happened. So this is why I'm not that upset by it, because it seems to be at least a reflection of real life in what is now, I guess, uh, not a period piece, but like it's very of its time, so I understand. Oh, it is, yeah, completely of the 80s, yeah. Like, I don't like it, but I understand, right? Yeah. So, uh, too cool is the is the is the call sign of this particular man uh squire bio as in b i o i don't right. all right vita horse player organ horse horse and player and organ yes come on everybody we all know what they must be followed to. followed by circus <laughs> and uh <laughs> And uh, Jambo, and uh, let me let me spell this this next one for you: S E C K S. Well, that sex, sex. Yes, this person's yes. call sign is sex. But I guess the, no, the no, Navy no, no, were no. like, no, 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 no. It's not S E X. That would be rude. It's sex. <laughs> well, there's no T in it though. <laughs> Sunshine. Yeah, well, for, forgive my accent. Sunshine. Sunshine. Hollywood. Hollywood. Fella. Hollywood is a real Hollywood. one. Yeah, Hollywood is a real one. And there's, that there's doesn't also, surprise me. There's always a Hollywood. Yeah, always. Uh, flex. Uh, sobs. S O B S. I don't want to sobs. know how that person got that name. Or maybe I do. Maybe it's a cute story. Tex. Maybe it's, yeah, yeah, you never know. Tex. Tex Who's from Arkansas? Clearly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and boa and rat and last one jaws that guy's mo- I, that guy's I, name is jaws that's amazing i love i love the, the the call signs in them because as you know as we said some of them must be very indicative of a particular personality trait or a, a physical trait of, of that person 
Either that or Jaws was an actual fucking shark. <laughs> jet sharks. Jet sharks. Yes. How to make jets cooler, put sharks in them. Oh my God, yes. And have them yeah. fire piranhas. Oh my God, Paul. This movie needs to be made immediately. Underwater? But on the moon. Moon water? Yeah. Yeah. Someone get Moon Aquaman on it. <laughs> so who's only marginally less useful than actual Aquaman. What do you what do you think my call sign would be? Oh, um because it has to be like obvious shit, right? But like also like slightly tangential to something else. Though one guy straight up is just called Bozo. So maybe he's yeah. just like he he's the funny guy. Let's call him Bozo. Let's add I don't know because I, do we do we go for the fact that you were one of the nicest and best Canadian people I've ever met in my life? But I don't uh, want to go down the route of calling you Canuck because that's incredibly detrimental. Is it? Would I call I you Maple mind. Leaf or Maple? I wouldn't call. I wouldn't mind Canuck, but like, yeah. But also to go with your your talents and skills, not to blow so much smoke up your ass, but to go for your talents and skills in the world of of the audio realm that you are so very good at and know things that I couldn't begin to comprehend given all the time in the world. Do we go somewhere akin to that? I would go with speaker cones a bit too long, but I would go with speaker cone. Oh, thank you. That's, uh, that's yeah, my man. old, uh, that's my old handle before I switched the, the Twitter to one for Paul. Thank you. It, yeah. S yeah. S P K R C N E. Oh yeah. Oh, I like that. To shorten it Dan. down, to shorten it down on the helmet. Yeah. I didn't have one for you. I need to think of one now. Oh, man. Uh, I've had lots of nicknames. Not all of them I'm going to allow to be recorded for posterity. Fair. So, <laughs> no, yeah, that's okay. Uh, do we go with the classic American style thing? Or do we think of, like, what would the British, like, 19-year-old squatties call this asshole? So <laughs> Probably just asshole. No, 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 no. Like, it's the, if you, if I've learned anything from football chants, it's that it has to be either, it has to be both completely on the nose and also on the nose to something that is only tangentially related. <laughs> so, I mean, Northern is too easy, right? Yeah. Are you from, I New would go with are my... you from Newcastle again? I'm from Sunderland. 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 So our nickname in Sunderland is Mackham, which would fit. I was going to go with so like, I go with Mackham. I was going to go with like Thunderland. <laughs> Fun. Yeah, I like that actually. Going to go with uh, call sign Thunderland. Yes, I'll I'll take that. Or Speak actually, you know what? It also has to be like uh, it has to be sort of like somewhat serious. One of them's circus, though. I don't know. Thunderland seems like uh, what? What's the longest one of these? Sunshine Hollywood. Hollywood is the longest one on here, and it's got three goddamn syllables. Let's see. <laughs> Thunderland, I guess, uh, pushes the limits. And if I was a fighter pilot, I'd be all about pushing the limits. So yes, Thunderland. I like that. Oh no! You see, I've I've now got a new idea. We're just going to call you Limits. <laughs> As in, I don't know my own. Yes. No, yeah, that's that's what the fighter call sign is. Uh, this, you know, call sign limits. Oh man, that must mean he goes for the limit. Yeah, that's exactly what that means, fucker. All right. <laughs> 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 oh, this has been one for Paul. Thank you so much. Oh, uh, wait, 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 wait. We need to do one more thing. Ask me questions about the movie if you have any questions for me. 
or my experience about I'm the just, movie. Well, I was going to just say, you know, so as you said, as an in itself as part of a time of the 80s and the way it is, um, without me, pan- not pandering to you, but without me talking down to you or patronizing mm-hmm. you, do right. you understand or do you see why is such a a slice of that 80s pop culture nostalgia? Oh, I totally even get though it. It's, I totally get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, even I can now, understand- it's like, it's a fun movie, right? Yeah. It's a fun movie. And watching it again and again over the years has kind of made me realize probably why it's my one of my dad's favorite movies, you know? That along with, like, A Few Good Men and other movies based within that, because he was in the Navy his entire life. So even though it was the the British Navy, the Royal Navy, but I can understand why he likes it because it must remind him of the time and people he's met and whatnot. So, but yeah, I'm just really glad you enjoyed it, man. And yeah, I, it I had right. a hell of a blast doing this, man. It was, it was, it was great. a fun movie. I don't know if I'd put it like, I don't know if I'm recommending it to everyone being like, oh my God, it's the best movie ever. You have to see it. But like, if somebody hasn't seen Top Gun, I think I'd be like, oh, it's worth watching. It's a fun, it's a fun evening. Get some popcorn, right? Oh, yeah, I completely understand that and agree with you 110%, man. Make sure you have a subwoofer because, oh, man, you are you're you can watch it without one, but you're living half a life. <laughs> if, that's, if that's not the tagline, it should be. Yeah. Do you have any other questions for me or? No, man, it's just been an absolute blast talking to you this and doing great. this thing with you, dude. This it's been, been great, marvelous. man. I missed you. This is wonderful. Let's do this again. It has been fun playing with the boys, as it were. Oh, man, I love playing with the boys. (laughs) I just have a box of boys right there, and uh, sometimes I grab them. Stop, Paul. Stop, stop. Don't don't talk yourself into a corner. Don't talk yourself into a corner. Don't do it. I love you too much, dude. (laughs) (laughs) This has been One for Paul. Thank you for joining us. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter. At one for Paul, maybe uh, see if your favorite movie is something that I've seen. Probably it isn't. And if it isn't, I'll add it to the list. Uh, Dan, do you have anything to plug? Uh, yeah, just you can follow me on Instagram at Dan Clash Blues. And hopefully uh, I might get my Twitter sorted out soon, which will probably be the same handle I've had for ages, which is at Dan Clash Blues. Uh, what, kind of stuff other can, than that, what kind of stuff can they expect to find on your uh, on your Instagram and maybe Twitter? Usually, Instagram and, well, more so probably on my Twitter will be similar to things like this, me talking about topics ranging from movies to TV to what's been in the news, uh, cartoons, and just random stuff, really. Anything weird or strange I find. I like a good rant. If anybody doesn't know me by now, they know I like a good rant, so... It's mainly a place for me to rant about stuff, but purely in a, I hope, funny, humorous, and intellectual way. That's another, that's another maybe call sign is just rant. Yeah, actually, I like that. <laughs> I quite like limits still. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Peace. This isn't real life, Paul. This is the 80s. Cool Jets. <laughs>